I'm working on next month's Oscar nominations. Any preference? I couldn't care less. What I don't want to see is the Bills winning the Super Bowl. As long as I'm alive, that doesn't happen. Could be tough, sir. Buffalo wants it bad. So did the Soviets in 80. What, are you saying you rigged the Olympic hockey game? What's the matter? Don't you believe in miracles? Cooper's down New York. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Answer it. John, I'm going to leave you. Answer, Answer it. it. <laughs> Hello. Hello, may I speak with Adrian Beltray, please? Yes, sir. This is him. Baseball writers have elected you to the Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. Oh, it's official. Recording live from three, count on three locations, this is Past the Rock. I'm Patrick, and as always, I'm joined by two great men, Caesar, a.k.a. LCs. What to do? I have nothing witty to say this week. I'm just going to just point over here, point over there, wherever Beth is on my side of the screen, baby. It's, t- it's tough when they automatically mirror your camera or don't, and you don't know what's going on. The depth perception's hard. It's like trying to like cut your hair in the mirror. It's tough. Uh, and we're yeah. also joined by Jacob, a.k.a. <laughs> Bethke. And I will be saving most of my smart aleck remarks to little pot shots at my favorite football team while we talk about other people's football teams that still get to play football. Hey, but <laughs> who's number one in most high-value ranked Forbes list? You're pointing, you know, can, you're pointing at something, but we're in in like a, you're like in a third view, so I can't yeah, see quite so what's over yeah, there. Yeah, if there. If you expand the view, you'll see two franchises, both located in Texas, both vary in the championship success over my lifetime. This very, is one degree. Varying success, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're right. <laughs> this, is, this, this one has, you know, is one Bonita. end of the spectrum. And this is the other end of the spectrum. Go, Spurs, go. And and then somewhere in the middle now is this one. So it's great. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, obviously we're we're in we're in the thick of things. We're coming here. We're actually coming to what will be the the end of season one of our podcast soon. Uh technically season cool. one started with our Super Bowl preview last year. Maybe our Super Bowl recap. I'll have to figure out exactly it's one of those two. Uh, it's probably Damn. a recap. Um, should and, should we have like a, a cliffhanger season finale? Um, we could do something. We if, can cut this if part. we wanted to. Uh, yeah, that's fine. We could do something if we wanted to, like start picking the you know the Fight Club, the Fight Club list or something. But that's we're still like two weeks away, one week away. So. I was I was thinking more of like a plot twist, like the reveal is one of us was dead the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Beth Key's actually been AI. Uh, I paid for an extreme. I paid for an extreme measure uh, version of Chat GPT, and he pumps out a, a weekly hoopla and <laughs> and contributes to this. I had, to design, ba- I had to design the background myself. It was a lot of time <laughs> to pick out the right Funko Pops and Sports Illustrated covers. Hey, there's no Funko Pops back here. Is that LeBron uh, behind you, not a Funko Pop? What is that? No, this that's, is just a that's plus tall. Head. No, oh, it's he's just a tall. Top. He's tall. Yeah, okay. Like, not not like, that. Here's oh, Kyrie. It's the same bit. Okay. Yeah. The same thing. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a pair. Yeah, you got a little Kyrie right here. It looks he's closer to a out. voodoo doll. 
It, it is. I don't <laughs> wish any evil on the guys, so they're safe here with me. But you but can. Who you, knows? I feel like you can use the video doll for good, right? Like you could, I, like you could, like have it get a little basketball and put it into a tiny hoop, and they'll they'll score more that night. I bought these on eBay or wherever Mercari somewhere a few years back. I don't know if I got them from a Cavs fan or a Celtics fan, but there's not a lot of puncture wounds. There's no burn marks. Uh, everything looks good around these, you know, the problem areas. So I think, uh, I think we're fine. Yeah. Who was a little sad that his favorite pairing or hers favorite pairing uh, didn't last very long. And I rep the benefits. Well, look, we'll, uh, Probably not today, but someday we'll get into uh, if Jason Kidd is right for Kyrie Irving and Luca. But uh, <laughs> instead, we'll move on from plush dolls. We'll get into the the big the big stories that don't involve the pigskin this week in a segment that I like to call "What's the Buzz." You gotta be buzzing for the buzz. This will get flagged by YouTube. It's fine. We're not monetized. They just tell me it's okay every time. I assume if we ever make a dollar, they'll come at me. But Yeah, uh, they'll be like, so you get a penny, we get 99 cents? <laughs> uh, so the big the big news here locally, uh, sports-wise, um, not, not football-related, is obviously Adrian Beltre being elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's incredible. It's, and he's, it's just uh, big news that I can hear the sirens going yeah, off somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to do you want me to start over and recut all of this? No, 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 absolutely not. I had, I had to do the hoopla with them fucking unloading <laughs> an entire fucking building. There's a demolished building down the road that they were literally just hauling out the whole hour. I'll be well, fair. I think this week I got about eight minutes into the hoopla on YouTube before I got distracted by work and never went back to it. So I might have missed no. that part. All right. Well, viewers, don't be like that. No, don't. I try to listen to it on two times speed so that I can get through it quicker. Um, Same. But, but that's because I have to record the notes for it. Exactly, yeah. it's just, it's a business <laughs> thing, you know. And, and obviously, now that you're you're doing your own timestamps and stuff, I don't have to do it that way. But I'm just used to it. So, dude, I end up sounding like Ben Shapiro. I have to remember to stop myself and slow down sometimes. I'm like, I'm talking way too. But it's two times speed. To be fair, so no one no one should ever listen to anything at two times speed. It's a terrible decision. <laughs> but you know, sometimes it's efficient. So, um. Anyways, uh. Adrian Beltre, Hall of Fame. Um, the my first note on this is uh, I liked that during the call because you know it's like this big staged thing now when you get the call that he still decided to pull a bit and he's like, oh, I'll just send it to voicemail, and his son <laughs> and his wife are like, No, answer it, answer it. <laughs> he kind of played into that in the press conference too a little bit. That is who. That is, as far as Rangers fans are concerned, that is who he is. Is he's just a fun, the most fun guy. He, he was just fun. He brought fun back to the franchise after years of just, not even mediocrity, below mediocrity, just nothing. Like Michael Young and no one else, pulling this thing for like six years, uh, and then we we finally build up. We make it to a World Series. It looks good, and then we bring in this guy, Adrian Beltre, and he kind of completes 
he completes the puzzle, honestly. I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, one strike, one put out in right field, he completed that puzzle, you know? Um, yeah. And then for the... I will, I will say this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the, the, the only thing that he did not find fun was uh, Elvis rubbing his bald head. I, I think he was playing it up. I think he thought that was hilarious, and I think he was he was he enjoyed it, but he always played it like he didn't because that's what made it funny. I think that's how smart I don't know, and those, how funny he is. Those facial expressions are real convincing, Ben. I know, I know. Well, I, he, I, think, I think he is a a very good dry comedian. I think he's. I think that's there's a lot of evidence. Is. There's a lot of evidence to support your uh, claim there for sure. Um, another. We're, we're just going to kind of riff here. I know, Beth, you've got some notes, but I'm going to hit some of my highlights. No, just um, keep rolling, and I'm just going to clean up anything. The statue, the statue that should exist, but maybe it never will, is Beltre on one knee hitting home runs because that's, you know, the iconic the iconic vision that. of him. Um, there will be, you know, there will be some kind of something like that involved. I don't know if it will be a full-on statue, but uh, there's that. There's um, the time that he got ejected for moving the on-deck circle. Um, in a blowout and then hilarious, a complete drumming hilarious stuff uh, kind of like Tim Duncan getting a technical on the bench it was kind of had that vibe of like an umpire who's just being a dick for no reason um, but that's who Beltre was and there was always you know you'd see the fly balls uh, or I guess the pop ups to short and third where Beltre would run around and behind him sometimes sneak a catch sometimes just run up behind him and yell a couple times and you have uh, was, the ones was, where they go out of fun. bounds and he's fucking with the fans. Yeah, Plenty of those. You had a, you, a couple of those I saw on a highlight reel today where I think where there was one where he tried to like do some sleight of hand like the fucking umpire wasn't watching the entire <laughs> thing and pretend like uh, and try to sell that he had caught the ball somehow. Um, and then there was another one where he just had pump fake some kid, uh, some Ranger fan and then throw it to him like right after. Like he was like he went to go like slide out the ball in his glove, caught it, and then was just like ah psych, and then pitched it over to him anyway. Yeah, and, and in an era where baseball is like failing in the marketing department of like how do we market these players, they missed out on a, a glorious one and him, and that's kind of the the story of his career uh, is just people not people underestimating him or people just missing out on him. Uh, you know, he starts with the Dodgers, and it's kind of weird because I'm pretty sure when he first got to the U.S., they like lied about his age and said he was so older. They, they said he was older he was than he was whenever he started playing. He got into the majors, right? I think he was the other way around. I think he's the other way where like they said he was older than he was so that he could qualify to get paid, kind of thing. I think I saw some MLB. Where they said he was like two years, two years older than he actually was. Whatever it was. <clears throat> You know, there was some there was some trickery going on. Um, I saw his. Uh, which I did always... want to stop you there because this is just a good part of the note because I don't I don't have a lot of Dodgers facts to, to spill, but um, I did notice uh, that Vince Scully uh, was the obviously the one who called his first hit naturally, sure. right? And he called him Bell Tree. So I just thought that was fun. It's kind of it's kind of fun, you know. That's that's similar to a guy we I wonder, were talking about pre-show. Where I wonder if they put the I wonder if they put the accent on the E, and he just mistook what the accent was supposed to be. Maybe because this is you know this is the late nineties, right? So it's uh, yeah, ninety eight. Um, um, so yeah, and so. then 
I'll go ahead. Did you Sorry. did you know that the first major league home run Adrian Beltre had was in the ballpark behind you? No. I learned that today too, because that's pretty crazy. In '98. Uh, well, I don't remember. I didn't see the date. I just saw the home run. I saw the clip of the home run, and it was in that beautiful ballpark we used to play. I'm gonna have to do a real quick check on this. I might cut some of this. In the... so, yeah, so I, can, uh, I just wanted you guys to know those couple of things. Um, there is a lot of other stuff when it comes to kind of a sliding doors. On um, he hit all... his first. Sorry, Beltre hit his first home run. Uh, six days later from his debut against Texas Rangers starter Rick Helling. Interesting. I had no idea. That's Isn't cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah, dude. So, and Rick yeah. Helling is like one of the few actual genuine decent pitchers we've ever had. So There you go. That's a little history for you. There's a big sliding glass doors thing that we can talk about, about how this franchise and another franchise that we hate could have been in different positions depending on Adrian's decision. He actually elaborated on his decision to come here. I'm today. interested. Are you There's saying that? Are you saying that we hate the Red Sox? Because we no, might, no, no, we no, might not have the, some different opinions on that one. Not the Red Sox. Not the Red Sox. The Mariners. So the Dodgers. I'll I'll bring it back to uh, this. So there's so before we rem- I got I got to take some of my notes because I don't want to step on these toes of things. No, whatever. no, go ahead. Whatever you um, have is whatever you have is but, better prepared than what I have here. So there's a lot of interesting stuff, right? Because we know a lot of stuff. We know about the game five homer uh, that you're talking about the statue, right? Um, we know that Joe Buck was salty when he had to make that call. Uh, that's how I want to have that said. We know about the the basic decade that Adrian spent essentially keeping this franchise watchable and relevant. Like basically what I had was, let's be honest, we were just watching him accumulate Hall of Fame stats like Nolan. At least, you know, we went further with him than Nolan, obviously. He had more impact daily than Nolan, naturally. Um, he Fun fact, he and Derek Jeter are the only two infielders of the 3000 club with five gold gloves. That's kind of a weird one, but MLB.com. The 3,000 hit club? The Mr. 3,000s, right? Of all the Mr. 3,000s, only two infielders have uh, five gold gloves or more. But it's really just five because they built that five. <clears throat> it was weird how they said that, but yeah, that MLB network had that on their uh, broadcast of it. But gone, uh, John Morosi, do you know who that is, Patrick? Off yes. Yes, very famous baseball guy. Okay, so he actually he had awesome stuff to say. Had some cool stuff to say about um, about uh, you can actually tag that video I sent to the chat because it's got a lot of this stuff in it in the in the YouTube video. Um, but basically, he talked huh. about the, okay. Sorry, the, I just realized Pudge never actually hit three thousand. I thought he yeah. did. So okay, go ahead. Sorry, it sucks. Um, well, that's but that's a part of why I, I have this kind of feeling in this John Morosi guy. I, and like I said, I'm sorry I don't know him as well, but I appreciate the way he uh, looks at my franchise because I could tell he knows a thing or two about the MLB. Because um, basically he talked about how the po- power dynamics were able to shift because essentially Beltre chose to stay or to come here instead of going to the Los Angeles Angels at the time, who would have been the other suitor for him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's really the big one, right? So there's a young Mike Trout coming up at this point. It would have been um, it would have been him going back to L.A. where he would have obviously played for a while. So it wasn't out of the question. Now, here's the fun part. This sort of mirrors what the future of the, of the Rangers are because 
he talks about today how his family was probably one of the biggest parts of him coming to Arlington to begin with. And then as you were talking about earlier, he talked about how he actually loved how talented our team was because he didn't want to be the guy. He didn't want to go be somewhere specifically where it was always on him. And yeah, he wanted and to be at, one of at, the, at that time, you've got Hamilton, yeah. you got Cruz, you've got Loaded Andrews. Yeah. yeah. Those three guys pretty much are, are handling the weight. As Lost far, a world as far series as the without pitching, basically with one good pitcher. Yeah. yeah. You know, with one elite pitcher, I guess I should say not to disrespect the good ones that were on that staff, but the, the one top end guy. Um, no, I mean, you made it to the World Series. I mean, that means something. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a big part of it. Um, and then he did admit, my favorite part also, is that he admitted that uh, the ballpark was a big part of his decision. Well, I mean, that's that's <laughs> a big part of why, you know, because so that's a, a big part of the narrative nationally. Um, you know, he went and played really well in Boston after he left Seattle. And everyone was starting to say, oh, he plays well in contract years, but he's not really into it. He's not the guy. He's not that guy. Mm. And the Rangers watched what he did in Boston, and they saw how many of those balls they hit off of, like, the top third of the green monster. And they were like, those are home runs. <laughs> uh, so let's just go yes. ahead and get him yeah. in. Like, we'll spend extra to get him in here over everyone else because we know that those are home runs. Uh, and it, yes. it worked. They, uh, you know, John Daniels. You know, uh, obviously we won with Chris Young as the general manager, but you can't you can't uh, forget the job John Daniels did for 10, 15 years here building something. Uh, yep. And that's the culture. Beltre, really? That's why. Yeah. As far as like as far as ability and just being an overall great guy, uh, that's Beltre is the exact guy you want for every franchise Nolan, in every sport. That's what you're Nolan looking for. was something right. Nolan was just something finally. And then I felt like Pudge oh, yeah. was no, the first Nolan's breakthrough mar- of real Nolan's success. marketing, and then Pudge and Juan Gonzalez are probably your that's, your guys as far that's as that's kind of okay. There's winnable. It's potentially you can win games in Texas theoretically. Yeah, they want to play. They want right? the first ever playoff game. You can't put and that down. They co MVPs between those two guys. And then eventually the ownership makes a decision that isn't great, and it takes the franchise back a decade. Basically, right? I mean, A-Rod did set the team back quite a uh, bit. It's not necessarily yeah. that that decision did. It's just that also that Tom Hicks wasn't set up to do what he should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if if the owner was better, if he had a larger endowment, that that wouldn't have been such a bad decision. But What we're seeing <laughs> with this current team is what we kind of But there's a reason why in baseball it was like baseball. 10 more years before anyone matched the A-Rod salary again. Even yeah. with inflation, it took a long time for people to get back to that number. Yeah, so so that's a big part of it. And so Adrian yeah. was in a lot of, and Josh Hamilton was obviously, and a lot of people can still say this. Maybe not now after this past season, but some people might still argue he's the greatest player that's ever played with the Rangers. If and I'm, that's if you're talking I'm about gonna, just like at their absolute peak, who I would ever want, like he's number one. But, but he's obviously he good. obviously it didn't offer good. that for more than you know like <laughs> yeah, one of the seasons. Pretty good. I agree. I agree. It was pretty good. But uh, Beltre is our culture, so it's only appropriate that he's the first new wave of Texas Rangers to go into the hall. Um, it's you Even think about his first playoff series. He basically wins it by himself against the Rays, right? There's a three-home run game to win off a series just to start his fucking first postseason with Texas. Um, and that's, a, that's an interesting uh, start to a career, and I think 
Josh Hamilton, Ian Kinsler, Elvis Andrews, Ron Washington, John Daniels, all those guys deserve so much credit. But truly, for this thing to have won a title eventually, it needed all it could get from guys like from, from Adrian Beltre, especially. And I think Elvis, too, to some extent. I think just who they were gave this team life, gave Identity, them something yeah. real. It just felt like this was a. It felt like, and I've said this now that there, now that now that there is a championship, and I can talk my shit. It's this. This has never made sense to me. You know, I can see why Jerry's in his way. I can see why Mer- uh, Mark Cuban's in his way, or that the NBA is harder. I can see why uh, MLS doesn't necessarily harder. need to win, right? I can. Well, it's both. I gave him both. In, in, in the NBA, is kind of hard because you have to have one of the guy guys, right? But then you also have to yeah, not fuck it up. So it's kind of the it's kind yeah, of double edged sword. They don't have two of those guys right now at all. It's fine. Uh. Well, it's a little different now. But I'm talking about Dirk era. Dirk era. It was Dirk era. It was a little lopsided, especially. Oh, no, cool. Next year, it, we're gonna sign Dwight Howard. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I can understand why other ownerships in this city have failed to capitalize on what this town should be. But the Rangers, it's always blown my mind. It's always just in my brain been cheap owner stuff. And I just not known better than that. But you're right. A lot of it's been bad money management. A lot of it's been just, you know, the Prince Fielder trade wasn't awesome in retrospect. Yeah, didn't like think about one, it at the time. That's just one where it's just like you there's you can't predict, you know. Yeah. So that's like, no, that's no, normal there's no sports. reason why he shouldn't have had five good years. <laughs> it's yeah, just, that's had a just freak injury. Yeah. That's just how that goes. So it just means a lot. Uh, Beltre means a ton. And my final point on all this, ex-Dodgers turning into <laughs> Texas Rangers because they like the family aesthetic of, of BFW is exactly what I was talking about. This is what I've been talking about, and I'm glad that even if I don't this know. franchise I don't know if you doesn't credit that with Y Seeger signed here, but if you want to, that's fine. The Well, look, the money's always <laughs> – I don't know that Adrian was being honest about that, right? Like – he says it now. It's part but... <laughs> of it, but also we were offering him a lot of money. Yes, exactly. And we different taxes. Like, I understand the game, but we're not – the athletes, they don't want to talk about money like that. So Yeah, and that they, might be the last thing I want to <laughs> I want to mention on this before I let Caesar, if, if you got anything else after, after this, is I, I hit on this just briefly, but before he signed here, there was kind of just this general perception across the league that he's like a pretty good player that uh maxes out whenever it's time to get paid and then just kind of backs off which is a narrative you hear a lot in football um but not quite as much in baseball um but he you know he came to a franchise that had no no history and he proved that he really cared and uh he he built like beth has been talking about he built what this team was he built this culture between elvis and uh emily jones uh they 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 created something oh, here um so that was it's a uh, it's really special and it's hard to it's hard to put into words as much as i loved you know michael young rusty greer pudge uh beltre is, is is entirely something else for the franchise so yeah it's really nice to see him get in the hall on the first time no questions except for those idiots up in the northeast who are like we're only going to vote for barry bonds at a protest you know i get it but <laughs> annoying um but yeah uh, I don't, you see, did you have anything else you wanted to, you had to say about Adrian Beltre? Uh, I did want to just add a, a note to the whole story of him coming into the league, uh, with his age being misrepresented. So apparently, okay, uh, thanks. Uh, yeah. Nice. yeah, it was, he was put in, they put on his, uh, birth certificate, they scratched out 1979 and put 1978. So they just made him a year older. 
Okay. So just to get him in. <laughs> so, one whole oh, year. Cash that money. Oh, yeah. Well, At least he didn't. I can't remember what the name is, but there's like a famous, uh, I think it was a pitcher who like played under a completely entirely different name through the Little League World Series. And then like partway into his major league career, he got caught oh, I, and changed his name and was four I, years older. Holy shit. <laughs> That's actually impressive. Well, there was the you remember Shabazz Muhammad, right? You remember, you remember hearing that name at all? Uh, yes. Shabazz Muhammad, yeah. yes. At one point, was supposed to be a number one pick in the NBA draft, probably a decade or more. Actually, more than a decade. I think it was twenty twelve. Was Shabazz Muhammad? Um, but uh, yeah, dude, he um, yeah, he ended up being not this not the age we thought he was, and we didn't even know that until he was like a couple years into his career and was already kind of a bust, and people were like. Why isn't this? It was just it, he was one of the most like we talk about athletes being able to turn it on and off for on, money. On March twenty second, yeah. twenty thirteen, it was revealed in a report from the L.A. Times that Muhammad was actually born exactly one year earlier than his thought to be birth date. Right? Yeah, yeah. So they actually aged him up so that he could be like a more you know draftable prospect, but then tried to keep him young because that at the time was a big. And I mean, sin. it's not it's not that crazy. Like if you think about it, if you really wanted to have like the a premier athlete here in football in Texas, you would wait to have them. I'm trying to remember. You want to have them at the beginning of the sports year, I think. The beginning, of the, you know, they're like you could time it out to make it to where they're the biggest kid in their class. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. yeah, the Shabazz parents that... is still still playing. By the way, oh yeah, League. oh, oh, oh yeah. Know. Actually, that's actually what made me think of it. I saw his name the other day pop up on the newswire. I was like, "Fuck!" That was just starting this that's... year. He's been playing in Bahrain, Beirut, <laughs> China. Oh, yeah. Hey, if you're a professional hooper, there are jobs if you're willing to go seek them. There are plenty of opportunities in basketball now. Well, all right. I yeah. think that might wrap up um, our our baseball talk for today, which means I'm going to hand it over to Bethke for just a minute to explain what the hell is happening in Cream City in Milwaukee. Um, Freak time! In all Cream of a sudden, City. the uh, the Bucks decide to fire their coach and bring in a a guy that we all know about. So, Bethke, why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? Well, the funny part of this is that uh, we're talking about um, the second time this has happened in a decade. And the last time this happened, this led to a team winning a championship. So you could look at it as bad. This is exactly how the Cleveland Cavaliers, actually, those two guys, won a title. Those two guys got rid of David Blatt Blatt, uh, about a week earlier, I believe, or a couple days earlier than where we currently are with the Bucks season and uh, promoted Tyrone Liu. And of course, now Tyloo is one of the biggest. You know, he's got the championship that year, and now he's one of the most. Uh, Do you, you know, you know respected coaches? The of Cavs' record was when they did that. They were similar, I believe. Someone said it was like thirty and eight or something like that. It was like they were like the second seed, though. I think that was the point. Is they were the second seed in the East at the time. I think Boston had got their shit together, but that was like a fake good Boston team where they were just good in the regular season, but you knew that shit was ugly. Uh, or might have been the Atlanta. Actually, that might have been the Atlanta season. Now I think about it, that might have been the year that the Hawks were like a super team, but then they were completely frauds in the playoffs. Hey, can I? Uh, I'm going to pause real <laughs> quick because there's something going on on my computer. Well, we do. So we picked up. Yep. Go ahead. Good. Yep. Yeah. So they were they were the second seed that year. They fired David Blatt because 
there was a lot of reasons actually, but I think there was specifically Brian Windhorst always used to say there was like a, uh, a specific time where there was a, a LeBron called a different play or overruled him. I can't remember. Either way, we knew that was going to happen. Um, people were a little surprised at the time. It definitely tanked a lot of people's uh, thoughts that they could actually win that title. But of course, you know, they won that title on a lot of things. And so um, the firing the coach was just one of the necessary steps to get to that piece of destiny that was 2016 for the Cavs. Um, Milwaukee Bucks are hoping that history repeats itself because they fired Adrian Griffin yesterday officially yeah. and then hired a new coach today officially. But holy crap, do we have a lot to cover in between those two points in time. So what I'm going to start with is, yes, uh, I don't have the record in front of me, but they are the second best team in basketball. In fact, no, I did have them actually 30 and 13. They, yeah, 30 whenever, 13. They, I did, whenever they officially made the move. The last time I did tears, I still had them in the danger zone, I'm pretty sure. And that's why, like, the NBA is a hot – it's a hot market, dude. The, the, everybody's always on your ass. you got to be successful even when you're successful, as in why you get fired when you're this – like, winning when you're winning this many games. So, in public, we know that he wasn't well-liked. We know that there was Giannis uh, kind of not paying attention to him uh, – during like on national TV on the first game of the season, you can see on not paying attention to him and then check himself back into a game. So is that, was that something that was reported then? Or is that something that like people are now like, Ooh, look now, at this. That's a little bit of breadcrumbs after the fact that uh, absolutely. Uh, what we do know though now is that it's uh, Mark Stein says that uh, when they were six and five to start the season, that was when the mutiny started to form. So that's when all, but then the winning probably delayed this, right? It's probably why we, it's taken this long is they, they were winning games, but they've also had one of the easiest schedules in basketball. And the issue is not that they can't score at all. The issue is that they don't have any sort of, def, like they can't play defense really well at all either. And their scoring is fine, but it's a lot of just the you know, kind of basketball you don't like and the stuff that ends up turning into uh, transition basketball and in track meet games. And so, a lot of common sense stuff isn't working. Um, we knew that he fired Terry Stotts to start this year. Uh, Terry Stotts had been uh, the Mavericks coach of the offense whenever they won the was that, uh, 2011 title. Was that announced as a firing or was that announced as a he was stepping away? Uh, I think they actually did the stepping away thing. On okay. You're right. Um, but yes. I knew the, that it was an unpopular move, but I didn't remember how it was it couched. Was, it was the first time that people started to think that Adrian Griffin wasn't going to last because it was a very like scaredy cat move. And Stott's Stott, one of those guys that every player is like all, all on about, right? They all love him. Not necessarily. It's just the fact that he's been a head coach for quite some time. He was the Blazers head coach for basically a decade with Dane. So then and there's also the familiarity with Dane. Um, so it would just would have been easy, but at the same time, Joe Prunty was left on the staff and Joe Prunty has been an interim like three times now. And that's basically like one of his, like, you know, <laughs> like this, uh, that's kind of somebody you keep on your staff, you know, when you know that you might need somebody to take over for a couple of days. What's the so, deal with Joe Prunty. Keep going. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's, he's kind of coming in and out of things, uh, but I don't think he's ever had a head coaching gig. Um, Something to do with his wife, if I'm not mistaken, but. Oh, that's unfortunate. But I might be wrong, so well, don't, don't and that's actually, pretend I didn't say that. 
not the bad, that's not a bad segue. So, because what we know in public are, is very clear, right? The basketball wasn't great. There was some um, general rot that was happening in the team. Uh, so th- it's not that crazy that we're in this position from that angle. Um, but there is some more interesting stuff that we won't cover here, but that I would love for anyone watching for you guys to go in- to investigate a little bit. But Adrian Griffin was one of those hires that was kind of in trend with the history of some of these, these last, this last like five years of hires in the NBA where they all have rap sheets and Adrian Griffin's rap sheet might be getting longer. If you believe some of these leaked things that some, that some people are putting out against him at the current time. Uh, So he might just be not a great dude. And that might just be spilling over too into this, this factoring in here because I'm not going to speculate on internet rumors that are only based on screenshots of social media stories and crap. But whoo, if that one's real, this man is not a good person. Uh, so, yeah. Um, We're going to retract anything that I might have thought about Joe Prunty. I was obviously confusing him with someone else based off what I'm reading here. So, all right. Take it back enough. and go Spurs go. Go Spurs go. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I don't think any of the other notes are too relevant to the story. Now, the part that is relevant to the story, or part that I enjoy the most. Doc um, Rivers. Now that you guys at least understand, you guys fully understand why he's fired now. Like, it's not as crazy, yeah. even though the record's what it is. Uh, one of the funniest things that I heard when listening to anything about this was uh, listening to a podcast where the one of the guys is obviously a Mavs fan. He goes... And we're looking around and thinking, Jason Kidd is it? This is fun. Like, 30 and 13 isn't good enough in Milwaukee, but this is fun. Uh, Some, I mean, it, when you look at it from that perspective, I don't like it because that's looking at it from this perspective that, like, everything is the it's all to, the results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I do understand because there is a large portion of the basketball community that's kind of giving Milwaukee props for not uh, sitting on this too long and blowing up a title chance potentially. No, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if if there's something that you feel isn't right in in house, fix it before you feel regret about not fixing it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so now the Doc Rivers aspect of this. So Doc Rivers is officially the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. But how we got here today, and before we even break into the can of worms that is that fact, let's just get you into how we all came to learn this. Because it's a quite interesting story. It's honestly so it's just probably as a Woj bomb, right? Officially, it is a Woj bomb. What? No, it's not. How? How is it officially it, one? Officially, it is a Woj bomb, or it, it kind of. Well, oh, the hiring. Actually, the hiring. It depends on who you want to believe. It depends on who you want to believe. So, the most important thing I need to discuss about this, actually, no, I want. Yeah, yeah, okay. I know I want to do this. So, CNN first reported. That Doc is the head coach. Not just just CNN, CNN Sports, which I didn't know even existed. (laughs) And has not been functional in some time, keep in mind. And we know this because I actually have a great tweet that will help shed a lot of light on this. Do you think it's someone who was working at SI and was like, F this? (laughs) Potentially. um, Honestly, if we're going to talk, if this is just the one mention of the SI death that we do, uh, RIP. The final death, maybe? Um, Death number eight. Somebody, somebody was like, uh, somebody, when everyone was grieving all of them being fired, someone was like, the, you're firing bots? How do you fire bots? And I was just like, ah, 
smearing this name in a while. Sports Illustrated really have been taken for a bit, haven't it? Um, but either way, uh, that's all we'll, we'll get into that because we're going to talk about brain synergy. We're going to talk about corporations and the media, but we're going to do it from a different angle here. So CNN reports it and it is announced on the NBA live, co- the TV coverage of the games that night. But I'm not sure exactly when or where or at the time I wasn't watching for those parts. Um, but they do cite, as you just said, CBS, right? Or CB- CNN just generically. They, they cite CNN generically. Keep in mind that Bleacher Report also sends something out. NBA TV has a clip that gets aired. So now we have brand synergy. This is all Warner Brothers Discovery. It's all the same product now, right? All of these things, TNT, NBA TV, Bleacher Report, CNN, they're all under the same company. So all of these, all of this brand synergy reports this report that Doc Rivers is officially the head coach. While this is happening, both Shams and Woj are reporting that they haven't even met with Doc Rivers yet and that that would take place the next day. The problem with so, that, the problem with that thought ahead, is yeah. that Doc Rivers is on some committee. I don't know if you guys have hit on this. Oh, I was I was going to, but that's fine. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's that's that so, would be my issue with their statement there. Like they haven't so, met with him, maybe not officially written down for this purpose, but so yes, there's a couple of theories as to what went down here and how it happened. So yes, before we get to the fact, the really greasy fact that I will bring up again. Uh, that Doc Rivers was one of the advisors the to Dick the coach. Cheney, dude. He did. He he in a lot of ways. They brought he, in Dick Cheney did. to figure out who should be George W. Bush's vice president. And he's like, oh, I guess me. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I think so. I, I think guess it has to be ways. me. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways that is what we're talking about here is is Doc Rivers slimed his way into it. And it's kind of great for a lot of reasons, but just for my entertainment the most. Um, yeah, that, that is a part of this, but no, that isn't the damning part here. So the damning part actually comes in a little bit later because like I said, we're still, everything is still being reported as if Adrian Griffin's been fired and that within an hour, we get the initial Shams Woj stuff about how there may or may not be Doc Rivers smoke. So that's the, that is an important part of this too. So initially those two are both teasing it. But then Bleacher Report, CNN, NBA TV, and TNT all actually report it as fact. What happened is either two things, and you guys could, or is, it, it, this is one of the ways that you can look at it. You can look at it however you want, honestly. But so there's one thought that CNN actually wanted to run this as a story, as if it was a part of their new version of brand synergy that this was going to be a part of them you know showing that they're one of the people who deserve sports rights moving forward too right warner brothers discovery they want to keep their partnership because they have the tnt brand and the nba doesn't want to get rid of that either so you're not that surprised but but and obviously if you guys are well aware of our political system it's an election year new hampshire primaries are a big deal for the republican party that's what's going on. So the coverage on CNN is only going to be based on this. It would not usually ever break for sports news unless it was something really fucked up. OJ. Yeah. I mean, you're talking bad stuff. Happening. Lance Armstrong. Never, never something like this. Boston um, bombing. But it's possible that this was them trying. 
However, or again, I take this how you this, but Kevin Draper, who's an investigative reporter for the New York Times, tweeted this out. That sounds like I a thought, fake name. Sorry. Yes, and I thought that this was a good way to go ahead and give you guys a little bit of perspective on one good opinion of someone who probably has a lot of expertise in this, I would assume. Um, unless CNN suddenly has a secret NBA source nobody else has, I have a guess as to how this happened. It was important to know that Warner Brothers Discovery owns CNN, TNT, operates NBA TV. I just told you that. So he theorizes that an NBA TV scriptwriter pre-wrote the news item and recorded it about Doc Rivers because it was likely, right? We had already had the likely reports, and this is normal. That happens in news. Stuff that doesn't actually happen gets recorded, just like T-shirts of championship winners gets uh, gets sent out to foreign countries and shit. That happens in news all the time, so people are ready and have immediate stuff. So assuming someone would break it first, it got published, and then CNN confirmed it to kind of back their own shit up and then uh somehow that got read on so then somehow um you know it all gets put on air right you you get the trifecta of i think it starts on nba tv then it goes to cnn uh, or cnn's backing it up and confirming it and now tnt and bleacher report are backing it up and putting it on their socials and then publishing it on, on live tv and mostly because this guy theorizes they just didn't apply enough speculative skepticism, there we go, uh, as to who actually confirmed this. So it was sort of just an entire team effort to sort of be like, oops. And the only reason it's not a big deal is because they're right. <laughs> and now we're it's a, they're officially right because Woj put it out. And again... Does it matter who really broke the story? To some, it does because of goofy reasons. Ultimately, no, not necessarily. But officially, that's kind of how it went down. And it's kind of funny because it does seem like if all this new brand synergy is happening, this could have easily been some sort of white collar fuck up on somebody's spot because there's a lot of new organizations working together for the first time. I mean, and I mean... Maybe even it might be even further out there, but I mean, they this might be them trying to cut into the TMZ sports hold that over the last two years has existed, sure. where they've kind yeah. of outside of you know the major Twitter accounts, they've been the main source for breaking sports news. So, yeah, it is weird, it is, it is absolutely bizarre that they gave it to inside the NBA on TNT instead of using it themselves if they genuinely got this. And that's yeah. that's confusing. That's um, why I think, I think this guy's story their claim, <laughs> kind of makes sense. Their claim is that it's because they were covering the election, so they passed it on, but yeah, yeah, that's weird. And so here's the biggest part that I think is funny, and this is why I don't think that anyone will get in trouble. I don't think that it's – I think the game is the game. You know, I know we're not wide shot, but you know the wire is always behind my one of my sides when I'm in the wide shot. The general manager, John Horst – game is the game. Not Dwight Powell, but if you look further. The general manager, John Horst, had no plans on speaking to the media. And I don't know if he actually ever did because I was I was prepping for this and I never actually looked. He had not planned on speaking to the media until this afternoon. 
giving him the allotted time to officially fire a coach one day and hire him the next and make it not look as bad. And that's what makes me believe that this was all very much an inside job that Doc Rivers snuck his way onto this team, got this head coaching gig, and they had to make it official in the most awkward way possible. And I don't know if Sports Karma is going to judge them nicely. Look, there's but, there's no good way to rip that Band-Aid off. So it's better than putting in a fake interim coach for two weeks. Like, just do what you're going to do. If that's what you want to do, just do it. So at least yeah, they did yeah. that. Joe Prunty's already done this. He knows he can he'll he'll handle the game. He'll handle a couple of games and then Doc can come in and, and do what he's got to do. But and then he'll get him to the second round. Too, or, or a few different changes. Yeah, and then you get into the fun part about this where I've heard some people talk about how Doc is the perfect coach for them because of blah, blah, blah. And then I've heard some people who have lived on planet Earth and have seen enough <laughs> basketball to uh, know that, that the, the game manager side of Doc Rivers is is atrocious. And it's funny, too, because we even got a report today that um, Matisse Theibel wouldn't uh, accept a trade to uh, – the Milwaukee Bucks because of Doc Rivers. Of course, he was the, the coach. Doc Rivers famously yanked him in and out of lineups for the first like three years of his career in Philadelphia. And look, for anyone <laughs> who is on this podcast who's listening, who doesn't know much about Doc Rivers and what, what we're joking about here, here's some fun stats. Um, in the playoffs, Doc Rivers Ooh. teams have blown three separate 3-1 leads. They've blown five 3-2 leads. They've blown one two nothing lead, and they lost game seven at home four times five if you include the bubble. Um, Beautiful. And then they were eliminated yeah. ten times at home eleven if you include the bubble. Uh, so it does not inspire confidence for your team. Hey, but, th- but this much. happened. But this happened. He any like Kevin hey, Garnett. Th- th- this happened. Anything is possible. But this but this happened. Doc did this. Doc did this. Not Kevin Garnett. Not KG. Not Paul Pierce. Not Danny Ainge. Look, that's Doc Rivers. Not, uh, Doc not Rivers, Rondo. Doc Rivers is yeah. a great regular season coach of talented teams, and so, that's what it appears to be. You said all the great things about it, but you left out the thing the stats can't count: the fractured relationships and stories that have come from each of those rosters. Well, yeah, but like if you're winning games, those stories aren't really. They might exist, they are, but, but they're they, not. They're not near the I, same thing. I hear you, but you're. Maybe in different sports, people can have their opinion. But in my opinion, in this particular team sport, that is very damning. The fact that this team only won one title is not that big a deal. That team had hella beef, but that team was just like, maybe Doc, that's the only version of basketball Doc could have successfully coached because they were all maniacs. (laughs) But like, but like otherwise, the Clippers, they, 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 they just hated each other. Now, there was foundational issues with that group that wasn't necessarily. Um, good for their title hopes, but that team hated each other, still hates each other, doesn't speak to each other. They're making documentaries about it, but they're not even helping each other on the doc. Everyone's got their own version of the story about the Sterling thing now, right? Like that old team beefs yeah. with each other. The Orlando stuff was, you had stuff coming out of it. It was a, it was supposed to be his greatest coaching job because T-Mac and, Orla- and uh, Grant Hill were injured all the time, but he still got them to the playoffs. And yet, you still have stories that date that far back with him. I guess, Philadelphia. I guess in his defense on that one, he thought he was probably going to get Tim Duncan, right? 
Well, in his defense, he thought he was at least going to get Grant Hill and Tracy McGrady in the primes of their careers. Was, was he there for he the did. Tim Duncan hit? He would have also coached Tim Duncan had Tim Duncan signed. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, 90, 93, um, yeah, okay. And so, um, yeah, but to look at the Clippers, man. I mean, the Clippers were built badly in a lot of ways, but they also were so clearly fractured as far as they were fake tough guy stuff. It's like the real problems that come from a team. Yes, Ben Simmons has real flaws, but Doc Rivers exacerbated those. We know for a fact. Like these, you, like it's sorry, to, talking to, Sixers. I'm talking yes, all of it. All uh, of it. okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm talking about the whole thing. Like it's 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 one thing to keep blaming Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but it's like there's one constant, man. Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. Like there's one constant, man. <laughs> it keeps happening, dude. Even that team, they won a title, they hate each other because the one old guy signed with another team to maybe win another championship, and he only won one of the, the potential two he could have anyway. And the, those guys were all so hurt, it didn't even matter that he left anyway. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like all it is is just fractured relationships around Doc Rivers. Like, I don't, his son's just an asshole for hire two on the ringer. Like, I don't know the rest of his family. I don't want to talk ill of them, but it's just like there's too much consistent behavior here. I like developing Austin Rivers in NBA 2K12. He he oftentimes turned out good over the course of a franchise, but I think Austin Rivers is an unfortunate case of um, I think Austin Rivers is Bronny James raised by Doc Rivers. Yeah, like he would have been better off playing for any team except for his dad's team, probably. Maybe I but. think that one of the things that makes me the most proud of watching Bronny play is that I can tell his dad teaches him real basketball and doesn't just say, You're the Broad James Jr., you're going, you're better than everybody else. <laughs> because I think that's how Doc Rivers taught Austin how to play basketball. <laughs> well, all right. We need we need to get to the big stuff of this week. We've hit we've hit the important yes, yes. the important non football things, but now it's time. Time for the big stuff. For that, uh, to the center ball. stage, passing the rock to Caesar, a.k.a. LCs. Just tuck that rock in, take it to the end zone, baby. All right, fellas. Divisional, count, divisional round weekend has just ended. Upcoming is the NFC and AFC championship. But before we get to that, let's, re, let's review what we saw this past weekend. First and foremost, I think I came on here last weekend and I said Texans-Ravens is going to be a real show. It's going to be fireworks. And at first, it started off real sluggish. Teams were filling each other out. It was tight at first. And then what happens? My God, the Ravens just turn it on and they kick the shit out of the Houston Texans. Oh, man. Lamar Jackson, the real MVP of this season. America's last hope for, for the NFL this year. He came in and he's like, you know what? I don't need to put up 300 yards like C.J. Stroud. I don't need to put 200 yards on the ground, but I can meet you somewhere in the middle. 150-plus yards passing, 100 yards rushing, four touchdowns. This man put a stamp on the Baltimore Ravens season, at least to this point, showing who he is and that this may just be his time. Gentlemen, this game... Didn't play like I had hoped. I I thought, you know, the Texans were going to be a little bit more scrappy. They were going to, like, I thought that you had really captured, like, lightning in a bottle, uh, at least to uh, put up a more competitive fight. Alas, it was not to be. CJ Stroud, he tried his best, man. He had some some flash plays, 
But at the end of the day, that Baltimore Ravens defense, those are some dogs. Those are some dogs. I'm not going to get technical. I'm not going to say, hey, you know, they were playing this too high coverage or, you know, they were really over overloading one side on these blitz packages. No, they're just some dogs, man. All right. All up by Roquan Smith, no. the linebacking crew, Patrick McQueen, or Patrick McQueen, Patrick Queen. Those two guys run around like they're on fire and it just bleeds at every other position uh, on that field. I don't know what you guys thought about this game. It it started off great. It did get a little underwhelming at the end, but I don't know. I the, the one my takeaway from this game is just Baltimore is that team. Yeah, I love that, dude. Uh, Patrick, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I was just gonna say more more than anything, it just showed that this Ravens team's at least gonna you know step up to the challenge. You know, where where we're not seeing them flop, which is nice. Um, that's kind of all they had to do was just show up, and they were likely going to beat this Texans team. Uh, this Texans team has some really talented players, uh, but they got some injuries, and they've got some real holes in the overall depth. And honestly, at, at this point, through 20 weeks of football, uh, the Ravens look far and away like the most complete team that, that there is. So good good luck to, <laughs> to anyone trying to play them right now. Yeah, dude, I, I completely agree. I think the thing that uh, my biggest takeaway was this was the Ravens handing the Texans their best loss in franchise history, potentially, potentially, because really I mean, it's the, a tight the one they game. lost to the Chiefs Sorry. where they were up. No, no, because that whole era now, you know, the no, no, that's a bad loss. That's a bad loss. It yeah, is, a bad but it's also like the, the, best, the, era. the best spot the franchise has ever been in to this point. I hear you. It's the high point, but I think yeah. I think it I think it has too much too much uh, turmoil after to stay that way. I think this one is the better loss because there's so much hope. There's so much real program. But like you said, this team was not built to even be this far into the season. So it's incredible they got there. Um, I think the um, the it's also incredible that for an entire half of football they stuck in this game and played that hard-nosed style, and you could argue that maybe that shank field goal before halftime uh, killed all of the momentum and sort of just let them sort of succumb to the might uh, sooner than they would have uh, because it did feel like that was sort of, you know, Uncle Mo sort of bit them in the ass because that's right before halftime. You've done all that work. You could have been up 13 to 10. I know it's still a long shot, but that's what you need at that point, and then instead you just go into the halftime, just piss on your leg. And and bigger picture, it's it's crazy to think about, you know, just how the draft works out. Lovey Smith winning the final game last year. You yeah. know, we kind of talked about this last week. You know, they could have had Bryce Young. They might not have been in this spot if they had Bryce Young and said CJ Stroud. Who could say? You know, all of these things that that could have aligned. And hopefully, hopefully they are back. I like to see a good Texans team. I don't have any problem with that, um, especially if they got CJ Stroud on there. But. It, I, I hope yeah. that it's not just a flash in the pan like we've seen a couple times before from them. Yeah. I, I think, and then this kind of goes into the uh, the fallout of, of this game for both teams, uh, focusing right now on the Texans because, you know, their season's done, so we can kind of talk about what's what's next for them. And looking at it right now, like, think about it, right? It, as the coaching searches have gone on, no one has really tried, as far as we know, uh, to make a serious push for Bobby Slowick, their offensive coordinator. So they could run that back. Same guy, right? TJ Stroud gets another year with the same guy before he probably does get poached the next season. So you can build on that. You have Tank Dell coming back. 
you you saw the strides of uh of nico collins i was about to say nico harris for a second mouse brain mm -hmm. uh but you know you had the you had nico collins show that he is a legitimate uh stud wide receiver that you can build your offense around uh, with tank dell kind of being that complimentary role and you look at everything else that you build around uh the culture stuff right with D'Amico Ryan's built a tough culture, a winning football culture. This is a team that when we – I remember when we talked about them, well, I remember that thinking, like, this is going to be one of the worst teams in football. Like, that roster what did not look that good. It did not look that good. I legitimately thought, hey, I believe what, the Chicago Bears or the Arizona Cardinals, one of them had uh, the Texans' first-round draft pick, right, because of the right. of the trade the they got. Yeah, so I was right. thinking, whoa, there's a real chance. Yeah, I think so. There's like, there's a real chance that the Cardinals and then the Bears have two, like four of the top ten picks in, in this year's draft. Lo and behold, if not the top four. The Cardinals now they they got a they got a worse draft pick now for for their troubles. Uh, and Will Anderson's looking like a good guy on defense to build around. There's just so much hope that I don't think the Texans have had in a really long time since before the fall of uh, their previous franchise quarterback, right? That that yeah, one, yeah. they looked like they were, yeah, that one, that team looked like they was on the up and up. Uh, sure, they probably were going to be hindered by uh, their head coach, Bill O'Brien, at some point. But we see now, D'Amico Ryan's is not going to be something that I think you're going to be worried about. He's a, he's a culture, he's a culture uh, creator, a uh, program builder, if you will. And uh, if they can just really solidify those weak spots kind of along the, the defense, because I, I don't I think that defense was kind of like their Achilles heels. They they played tough, but you it's clear like they there's some depth issues there. Uh but if you can build on that and you can build like a better offensive line for CJ Stroud to work with uh, through the draft and free agency, you are looking at really what I think uh this next thing that we'll talk about later in terms of like the next young contenders, these guys who are coming in and it's probably about to be their time because we know in the NFL teams cycle through, you have about four or five good years tops, right? Your window, your, your Super Bowl window is probably like two to three years, but your overall playoff contending window is about four to five. I'm looking at the bills here soon. They might be cycling out for a little bit. And the Texans are about to cycle in. And to, and to speak um, on we'll that, that, the Texans are the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the third highest cap space for next year, just under seventy million. There um, you go. Or yeah, an, man, they, they, an they, effective they, cap space of just under sixty, which is still third highest. Yeah, they're playing it right. They they, they either they now, failed upwards for for now, right? That's uh, the fun part. Well, is I mean, now Cleveland, it's Cleveland, the momentum. Cleveland bailed them out. And now they're able to they're able to move forward. Yeah, I mean they got a they got a good draw, yeah. but they took care of it. You know, I think that's a well. They've also moved on from the money. They've only got like two million in dead space right. next well, year. So you're right. They they got them lucky yeah. in two ways. But the, you also could see that I guess the hardest part for the Texans now is you sustain momentum, you build on success instead of like you know get complacent on it. That happens plenty of times. And then, of course, it's obligatory. I don't really think there's too much evidence. And even if it happens, I don't think it means it's the career's over. But, of course, there's the obligatory second-year crapola. And I know some people think that that isn't true. 
that people like you know that they're on scouting reports now i'm like yeah but it's different like there's like there's not a whole off season to obsess about it there's not there are more there are more variables involved than people want to give credit for it's 16 it's 16 17 games that you get to take somebody's tape and then really drill into your head for three months in a row you know what i mean it's just different these teams do actually change and all the great quarterbacks have to go through it it doesn't mean he's not going to be one even if he stumbles next year it just means that the Texans have to remember that they're going to be a hot candidate to pick to win the division now. You know, and it's just different now. They don't get to be underdogs anymore. And that yeah. doesn't always, you know, that there's always There's going to be expectations, different. of course. Yeah. Especially in that division. Change. I mean, their biggest competition is Anthony Richardson, if he comes back healthy. Or Whatever Trevor Lawrence. Whatever the culture building. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence cares about Peterson's football. Peterson's actually building something over there, but. I think it, I think the Jaguars' yeah. future all depends on how much Trevor Lawrence gives a shit, and that's just going to vary with time. Does that make sense? Uh, I would also. I I didn't I, watch enough I, of I them to have that on opinion. That a little bit because I. I here's my you may never care on that. I mean, who's he throwing to? Calvin Ridley's really good. Uh, you know. DJ Chark's okay. Yeah, Calvin Ridley. Um, Here's the here's my pushback. It's it's Doug Peterson is Charky going to be there. Um, what <laughs> what either allows that, that franchise to sink or swim. Just from a coaching perspective, he he's really bad at building a coaching staff, and I think that's going to come back and bite both him and Trevor Lawrence in the ass. Uh, so that might be the Achilles heel of uh, oh, Christian Kirk. Yeah, because the further we get away from that. Oh yeah, that's right, Christian Kirk. Because the further we get away from Doug Peterson's uh, Super Bowl triumph, the like the the more we see him, the more I'm like, is he? I think he was lightning in a bottle that one year. I it's think, I think that's what just, happened. With just him. like the two Giants Super Bowls, it seems more and more likely that Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl was an anomaly, as far as trying to yeah, trying to uh, come up with a script to to do it yourself. So you're saying anomalies yeah. do happen? Yeah, but only to the other teams yeah. in your division. But not. <laughs> not Washington apparently. Yeah, they're they're going to get, the is, gonna get yeah. one before you do. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> it feels that way. You guys it are the anomaly in the other yeah. direction. <laughs> anomaly and the, sports. Oh, and and uh, just go back quickly to the just the Texans. Right, I'm looking at it. They have a first round draft pick. I thought they didn't have one coming into this season, but they got one from Cleveland. Right. Uh, they have their own second round draft pick. They have a third round from from Philadelphia and a fourth from Cleveland. So, you know, all the moves they made last season, trading up to get uh, Will Anderson and CJ Stroud, they can still make moves in day one, day two of the, uh, the NFL draft. So, I, you know, it's, it's looking, it's looking yeah, nice. Brian's it's looking cool. nice in Houston, nice in Houston. And here's the thing. They have the most important foundational piece. Every franchise needs, Right. It's the young stud quarterback on the rookie deal. That's the next thing they need. <laughs> uh, if, well, I, oh no, no, Tunsil's in Miami. That's they right. have Laramie Turnstile. No, they have Laramie Turnstile. He, he's on their team. I don't know. Is he still a left tackle? Do. He's decent. Yeah, he's they decent They haven't moved player. him somewhere else yet. No. Yeah, he's not a bad. Well, they gave up like two yeah, you first could do to get him before worse. the the pedo or the, the pedo the the handsy handsy quarterback. Uh, blew up. Different charge, but still not great. You're right. That's fair. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Houston Texans football. It says that uh, on Pro Football Reference, it, let, it lists 
Houston Texans. Yeah, it lists uh, Tunsil as a tackle, and it doesn't – like every other year he's listed as left tackle. So I guess he's he switched this uh, swing. between sides of the lines this season, I guess. He goes both ways. Houston has enlisted as starting left tackle for what it's worth. No, no Beth game. They'll never let us buy tackles and buy guards. They they tackles? I do not believe that. They tackles? Oh my god. Zay? No. Uh, I can tell you right now that's probably not happening. Zay Flowers from the Baltimore Ravens? No, Zay. Isn't Zay Flowers the anyway, let's, Jaguars? Uh, let's continue. All right, all right. We're, we're all the way off the course. We're derailed no. into the, the river. We, we're going down. Yeah, uh, Zay course. Flowers is the wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, let's let's continue all on. Right. So, in terms of fallout for the Ravens, they, they move on to the championship round, and we'll talk about oh. them uh, in that in that little segment. In the meantime, though, let's talk about a team that I feel kind of mirrors a little bit of what the Texans' trajectory is, which is on the up and up. Uh, came in with no expectations, made a surprise playoff run, and they they gave the presumed favorite a hell of a test. I would argue they probably should have won that game, but they didn't want to see me happy. That's the Green Bay Packers losing 21 to the 49ers 24 Honestly, guys, I didn't expect this game to be close. I, I would have thought it would have been the inverse, right, of the of the other game. I would have thought that this is the 30-40-10 blowout where maybe they hang in tough for a first half and then, you know, eventually San Francisco runs away. But lo and behold, Green Bay, man, they, they came in. They were leading that fight. But they did the one thing that you're not supposed to do as the underdog. You're not supposed to make these – little mistakes like these simple mistakes cost green bay the game procedural errors there was just so much that went like they just played sloppy they played sloppy and despite that they had the 49ers right where they wanted them they missed a crucial field goal to go 24 to 17 right that if they make that kick it changes the entire well it changes the entire thinking behind that last green bay drive Right, it changes some of the play comp. Uh, it might still end in an overtime like game where San Francisco wins, but we don't know that. We'll never know that because they went out and they got one of the worst college kickers uh, that I've ever seen. <laughs> I know when we looked that up, I think I think Becky, you called him one of the biggest nepotism. Yeah, I found a, there was a, yeah, somebody, somebody, some Packers fans dug up his shit or something and put it online and. They called him the biggest nepotism uh, hire ever because he's um, Dan Carlson's little brother. I don't think they've ever heard of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, that they're talking about on the field, I believe. I believe they were. Yeah. I think that uh, on CD the field. Lamb, CD Lamb got drafted because Jerry had a friend whose last name was Lamb. Is that counted as nepotism? That's not or... why you got drafted. <laughs> no, no. You could, you could argue the other one that got drafted this year. Dude, yeah. I think that's and then probably CD a Lamb one. also had like. Like if that's the narrative that the organization's going to push, that's what I'm going to run with. So the, I think that they 
just drafted the guy who finished second in stats to fucking Tyreek Hill because he was good. <laughs> I think that that was probably part of the decision making that won. That I think it was just because Jerry's heard of the name Lamb before, but <laughs> he likes Oklahoma too. He he's like I kind of like Oklahoma a little yeah, bit. That's a good football and, program. And right and there. He's Carlson. completely unaware of how awful they are. Is he the titles? Is he the Carlson that used to be the Vikings draft picks brother? Yeah, um, I that think that's related to. I think he was yeah. So he's like no. one of the other kickers is his brother, right? Carlson wasn't it Seattle too. Oh, okay. There was a Carlson. There's, we've had Carlsons I, before. I guess. Uh, uh, so there's Daniel. We've Carlson. had plenty of Carlsons in the NFL, but uh, I don't know this one in particular. Daniel Carlson. Oh, I do know this though. Drafted by the Vikings, and he was not great. Uh, Right. And then we mm-hmm. cut him, and then all of a sudden he went to the Raiders, and it was really good for a bit. Yes, yes, yeah, no. yes, that's what it was. Okay, is that the brother of this guy? I think Damn, that's what we're okay. talking about. Uh, not according to Wikipedia. Yes, it is. I just what? Yeah, well, Anders Carlson is the little brother of of Daniel Carlson. All right, get your fucking right. shit together, Wikipedia broke ass. Yes, two brothers, Neil Niles and Daniel Carlson. Daniel go. Carlson is the place kicker for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. So yes, right. but um, just so we could, just so people at home know what Anders Carlson was doing in, at Auburn, uh, he had one good year in 2020 where he kicked 20 of 22. Uh, that's a 90 percent field goal percentage, and then his highest one after that was 72. Uh, he has two well, you seasons know, the hash where marks, he kicked. The hash marks in college are wider, 60s. so you're hitting at a steeper angle. And it is a, way, kind of a goofy uh, ass gig, too. In one year. In the SEC, yeah, you're kicking a lot of field goals. In his freshman year. Yeah. No, he was a bad college kicker uh, by all means. Uh, and the fact that he had an NFL job is insane to me. And I honestly, Green Bay did it to themselves by by having such a shitty kicker uh, on their team. Uh, so yeah, but here's the thing that I want to say about this. And in terms of the eye test, I'm not looking at this at the stupid box score because the box score is gonna always always side in the favor of the other guy. Jordan Love looked like the better quarterback to me in this game. Uh, Despite those two interceptions, because I saw some of those. <laughs> if you erase the final play, I'm like, do... this man. I I want to get into that in my. Listen, field, listen, but I feel you on that. If that you... that part that that because there is yeah, a no, dropped no, interception, like that, that part... right? There there is a Darnell Savage dropped interception that would have turned Pur- Purdy into Dak Prescott quick. What I, what I would just did not. What I would say about that game that, overall that game, man. is that the weather kind of. We didn't really get a great gauge of either of those quarterbacks because they were fight. They were fucking fighting it, dude. That was not fun. No one was going to perform well in that. Yeah. Uh, love yeah. made love made a couple more mistakes, but neither one looked really all that great. The weather was killing them. He just made the most rookie mistake of all. Yeah, the, the yeah throwing throwing across your body, running the other way into triple coverage. We call typically that, not a good idea. We call that the spirit of Brett Favre. Yeah, he went, he went full Brett Favre, and you never go full, full Brett, Brett Favre. Favre. Never go full Brett Favre. It went Aaron Rodgers learned that, and it went pretty well. Go. And then he did go full Brett Favre, and then look where it went. 
Um, but I mean, Aaron Aaron Jones. I mean, I, I don't want to take anything away from yes. the Packers. Let's talk about Aaron Jones. But Aaron, Aaron, I feel so much better now. Aaron Jones had an incredible game, and like I said, a lot of that is due to the weather that changed their whole game plan. Um, but he, he's. I feel like he's been around forever now, and, and longer than most running backs last, as far as guys who's been getting it done. And I we, hate we him. Really, and he's so good. <laughs> we were looking at two of the best running backs in football last night for sure, right? Or uh, the other night, right? Because I think I think that there's some great things that we'll say about the other guy, but I want to talk about the Packers a little bit because to start because this made me feel a little bit better about getting pantsed. Now, obviously, and nothing yeah, I mean, you could say Debo was out. That's going to take away some of the star power. That but then you have Jones Juwan did. Jennings, Juwan Jennings coming out there and balling. You know what I mean? They have dudes, and they have a what was his Ayuk uh, didn't even did. play well, and he was a, a All Pro, right? Something like that. Um, so I'm just saying there's some interesting stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, he, he was snubbed from all pro and pro. Okay. Well, either way, he was a talented guy. So you have a talented group there regardless. That's why Purdy can kind of do what he does. Right. Um, but ultimately what I'm trying to figure out is like this pack. Wait, what just, I don't know. It sounded violent. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my dog! My dogs got into a scuffle. Okay, and they're getting oh, yelled at. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, that's good. Like, yeah. I heard some noises. That's what you have saw to, concern uh, on your uh, face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, "I've been here before." Um, I was like, "I was like, oh, 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 do I need to step in?" And that, no, they have it handled. And yeah, so I think. Uh, I'm weary of Brock Purdy is a long story of that. I love the Packers. I think that they were a talented football team. Now that I can, you know, take the hurt away from it and objectively look at this. Uh, Aaron Jones is really a great football player. He's not just put on earth to be a menace to me, myself, even though that's where it felt like it's nice to see that he is just a general problem, not my problem. Um, But yeah, I think there was a lot of stuff here. Um, George Kittle, I think uh, he kind of did what he needed to do, uh, showed you why he's going to put on a Hall of Fame jacket. And then I think Christian McCaffrey kind of did the same. You know, I think that's really where I'm looking at San Francisco. And I'm like, man, those two guys alone might be able to. I was not expecting him to stay that healthy for this, for for two seasons there. Uh, The last last thing I want to say about the Packers, Caesar, before I hand it back to you, is that. Dang it, I lost it. Had it, had it, had it, had it. Take your time. Nope. Trash. It's gone now. Gone. I forgot what I was. I maybe point. maybe when I when I get yeah. my point. Go ahead. What maybe if I if I say my point, you might either rebuttal or uh, agree. I don't know. But I'll say this about about the Packers and the fallout of the Packers, right? What they're looking at in this going into next season, right? I think you've. I think you have your questions answered about Jordan Love, whether or not you want to commit to him going forward. He, you look at him. He had, I believe, he was third in yards passing and second in touchdowns. Nine and eight. He got better as the season progressed. He showed you all the signs. He has all the physical tools that you want. All right, and he grew with that young receiving core. It's clear that Green Bay is never going to really give their team that elite first-round blue-chip talent and wide receiver to their quarterbacks. They didn't do it for Farr. They didn't do it for Rodgers. They're probably not going to do it for Love. They're going to just try and build, like, you know, hey, let's just get some guys who are good, right? They're good. They don't have to be great. 
with corn fed and football we're just gonna build players. a balanced corn fed football players and they're gonna build a like a balanced offense uh and that's what i saw or that's what i saw glimpses of in this game we have the potential to see a resurgent green bay team that defense is going to be their achilles heel because they employ a doofus named joe barry uh who somehow yeah, his, was able to keep his job uh, probably got saved his job check. probably got saved by the cowboys so well and they were good defensive uh, showing in that game too right so he probably got double whammy in this playoff run yeah, yeah. but like he's gonna he's gonna regularly be the type of defensive coordinator to put preston smith on justin jefferson and not see a problem with that at all he's gonna be like yeah this will work this will catch him off guard hey you got a 275 pound linebacker you got to see the box, and you got to think outside the box. Oh, I remember what I was gonna, what yeah. I was thinking. So but, um, the Packers, as far as you know, we're th- we're looking at them. We're like, oh, this is a seventh seed. But if you're really to truly rank how the teams are playing at the end of the year, they would probably be the three seed in the NFC behind the Lions and the Forty ers Like yeah. the uh, the Bucks were just in because they won a crappy division, and the Cowboys and the Eagles appeared to be in some type of free fall. Uh, they both actually made the playoffs because they were in a crappy division. It was incredible. <laughs> Two teams were able to do it this year. There's there's some data behind that being, you know, a big part yeah. of the Cowboys' 36 wins over the last three years. But but anyways, that's what I was – you know, the Packers, I, I, I don't want to take too much away from them because obviously they played well. They won their playoff game. They're doing what they're supposed to do uh, with a first-round quarterback yeah. uh, hint to the Cowboys. Um, but uh, they were – they were they were higher than they were better than a seven seed should be, uh, and I, I just don't know if it'll get recreated again next year if they build it back up because they were playing so well it almost looked like they were kind of a team of destiny and maybe maybe missed out on the run but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think yeah, it was I, that. I, if anything, but I've they learned good. they were really good. It gets different when you all of a sudden have to pay your quarterback yeah. and then things get real. Oh yeah. Are we on to what's next? Because that's yeah, really although annoying. I think they still have a a season. I, I think they still have a season left before yeah. they have to Honestly, extend when, him again. Once you find your quarterback, it's it's just never ending problem. You just always owe them a lot of money. It's just your life is just an extension after yeah. extension after extension. It all depends. Not everyone does it the and, same uh, way. Under the the Matt. Is it Michael LaFleur? Michael LaFleur or Matt LaFleur? Matt, Matt LaFleur. Under the Mike, Matt LaFleur. I mean, Cram it yeah, up your Matt LaFleur's uh, tenure. I mean, they, they were paying Aaron Rodgers lots of money, and they went 13 and they won 13 games in three consecutive seasons. So they've, it's not a new problem for the Yeah, they got Packers. one more year. They got so, Love's fifth year option and, over this year. Yeah. And so here's the thing they're not exactly in a bad like overly competitive division we don't know what chicago's going to do next season we don't know if we Minnesota's think we think the lions should be not. good and uh, i would expect the vikings to have one more year being competitive before it kind of kicks down a little bit all depending on yeah. are they health. gonna bring him back have you read anything into that there's there i mean even if they draft someone else they're still gonna pay kirk for next year like they're not gonna give up on I mean, with with him, we probably win the division or are in a wild card spot, so they're not going to give up on that. Okay, so yeah, it's it's going to be a tough division. Uh, 
depending on how like the health of everybody in the division goes. Then it's, not goes e- it's, on, it's not an easy division. Oh, I don't think it's I the think best, Green- but I don't think it's easy. Yeah, it's it's a it's somewhere. It's like a mid tier division. We'll say. Yeah, I think that's a fair way of putting the North. Hey, we know yeah, the, uh, Green we Bay, know you're looking like you're on the up and up. They're gonna they're gonna spend the next yeah. twenty years yeah. being. They're cheap. looking like they're. And they're going to luck into a Super Bowl. I think they spend more than you guys do. And here's the best part. And you didn't let me finish before your hateration came out. That's the best case scenario for the Steven Jones era Cowboys. Is to just be fucking cheap for 20 years and hope that luck at a quarterback drags your ass into one Super Bowl that you can just desperately cling on to. Maybe we'll do this in the offseason, but going through the stats on what having a for a first round quarterback actually means for your team is pretty incredible, especially as far as playoff success goes. Hey, Roger Starbucks wasn't drafted first overall. Tom uh, Brady wasn't drafted first overall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's use Brady let's use Brady <laughs> as the benchmark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else Russell Will Romo 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 being good is one of the worst things that could have happened to the Cowboys franchise. Or it wasn't because I don't know that first round picks would have had any more success. They're also you also are factoring there's, in like a lot of other aspects to like there's the one problem it, with but... the, the one problem with the Cowboys quarterback is that you're the brand anyway, so you might as well hire these fucking. I think I think the concept in a, in short form is the idea is that a first round draft pick has a higher ceiling. So oh, I would love the talent. <laughs> so but so instead, you, yeah. Hey, and honestly, I think Romo Loki had the talent eventually. Dak, it is one of those things. Romo, Romo unfortunately Romo didn't, slang it. Romo unfortunately Romo didn't figure it out until his body gave up. But yeah, Romo could sling it though, Nick. Even just naturally, that dude could throw the fucking. He was fun. Business. He was fun, but he was just a diet Brett Favre. So yeah. he was. Yeah, that's a that's unfortunately a fair. Actually, it's weird because it it became better after that. Like the evolution was going to transcend that. And well, that's the, the thing. Yeah, that's what I'm allowed. saying. Is like he he finally yeah. he finally figured it out mentally and just couldn't <laughs> play anymore. He couldn't yeah. take a hit without breaking his back. In five places. Yeah. 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 And honestly, these are always going to be built on uh, the the, the organizations. And so. So the 2024 divisional playoffs. Yeah. (laughs) The. Yeah. Uh, Moving on. The LaCroix line. I guess. Right. Uh, The Detroit Lions defeated the Baker Mayfield led Buccaneers 31 23. Uh, The game was. I thought it was a pretty much what I thought it was going to be. Uh, kind of tough game for the Lions to put away. It was but at the end of the day, the result really wasn't in doubt. That game was so yeah, boring it wasn't the that best of the Bucks forgot to call their timeout at the end of it. That ready for that game to be over, that they were willing to end the rest of their season without even trying to extend it. I mean, that game was the fun game was if you close enjoyed, like, I mean, yeah, the score the score was close, but that was not fun to watch football. Uh, Mike Evans stretch. is a Hall of Famer. Lock lock it in. I think that's, <laughs> that's part of you know we got to see best that a- best Aggie of all time. At this yeah. point, I think it is no, a good conversation to be yeah. had. Um, Vaughn Miller. That's he, Von he's Miller, not maybe, I'm, I'm yeah, I think Von Miller's got the, the Mike Evans, man. This body of work is impressive, and there's a Super Bowl there. So, 
Just wanted to say, uh, my hateration yeah, so wasn't strong enough to help uh, Baker Playfield. Unfortunately, his Baker. poor decision making uh, still stood strong, no matter how much support I tried to give, no mm-hmm. matter how much my pettiness tried to help his his pettiness. He's like whatever the equivalent enough. in the NFL is of guys in baseball who they call four A guys who are like they kill it in Triple A but can't really compete against the big guys. That's Baker's right in that that tweener spot. You know, is Romo is he? Baker, uh, or is, Baker he is in the. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, Go ahead, Caesar. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, you're good. You're good. Just that image. Uh, listen, Baker to me is just that middle tier of quarterback that, like, this is as good as it gets with Baker Mayfield. This is exactly your ceiling with him as your QB. Uh, it's not gonna get better. It can get worse, but I don't think it can get that much worse. Uh, as long as, you know, you, you pair him up with some decent uh, playmakers, which he has, right? But, man, Tampa Bay is going to be in purgatory for the next couple of years, letting this some of the talent that they have on that team just kind of get old and waste away because they don't have any other option. Like, they don't have enough, a good enough draft pick. They don't have enough resources to go out and get, like, some mercenary old vet QB uh like they did with brady right they saw what they had and they're like okay yeah james can't get this done but if we get brady in here maybe just maybe and of course it worked right i i just look at this buccaneers team and i'm like all right your fallout of this is you come back you you, you bring the back the band back again and what's gonna happen you might win the nfc south which is still a bad division unless belichick comes in there and gets a a decent QB in there with him and then shit all bets are off. But the saints, the saints are basically the, the bucks without the talent on offense. Uh, and you look at the Panthers, that's going to be a dumpster fire for as long as David Tepper owns that team. Uh, so you, you're in such a winnable spot. And yet you're like in this not enviable, enviable position of you're like, you're just kind of in the middle like in terms of your quality of your football team, you're just kind of somewhere in the middle. And it just makes sense because your quarterback is just somewhere in that mid tier. Or we're talking about like 16 through 21 is probably where you would put Baker Mayfield on his best day. He's pushing he's the 15, kind of guy who 14. can give you a chance to win a playoff game, but then throw the game ceiling pick at the end of it. Exactly. Yeah. And he's a less fun Jameis Winston, honestly. Yeah. Jameis well, is fun. Jameis probably he'll, not getting you to the <laughs> Maybe not, but you know what? You're never going to be bored. You'll never experience a boring <laughs> game with Jameis Winston as your QB. Bring him back to Tampa, please. I was listening, He's I was being listening wasted to, in New Orleans. I was listening to a podcast where the, they had on... Um, oh, shit. Sorry. Um, I gotta remember this guy's name. He was a backup QB for Brady and Jameis and Tampa Bay. He also backed up Drew Brees in New Orleans. Um, he played uh, at Tulane. Um, damn it, I know. One second, I'll just look it I'm up. Sure, yeah, I'm sure you're gonna say his name and be like, oh, Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin. Uh, oh, yeah, I wouldn't. So he had some. That. Oh, the dog from Family Guy. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, no B. Uh, Ryan Griffin, but uh, he oh. actually is playing in Italy for a year with his brother, uh, interestingly enough. Um, but he was talking about uh, some funny stuff with Jameis that I heard him talking about was 
James's first day of his first camp or whatever, he shows up two hours late for for film, and then just never is late again. It's just, but you know, the very first impression is everyone's like, "Here's this idiot." Oh, here he is, two hours late. <laughs> just exactly what you'd expect. Uh, but then he said that James invited him over for uh, for dinner one time, and he's like, "Okay, what are we gonna have?" And James is like, "Well, crab legs." I'm like, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so he really I was just a fiend. Uh, he sounds like the most fun. Like he he was just like James. Like, it sounds like everybody loves James from everything you've ever heard, except for maybe like some Uber driver or something. Uh, everybody loves Jameis. Unless I'm confusing, confusing Jameis with somebody else for that story, but... Well, if so, it's our version of history now. Um, But you also might know Ryan Griffin as the guy carrying drunk Tom Brady off the boat. In the oh, yeah, yeah, good. That's a definitely good part of history. It's the Aaron Baines part of history. Uh, yeah. Except for he was the drunk guy, I think. Um... Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, honestly, I I fucking don't want to talk about this game because Michigan fans are basically getting exactly what the wet dream that I have and so many other Texas sports fans, football fans, have wanted for so long. Like, honestly, fuck yeah, all. But, uh... Like, every direction. Hutchison? Like, think about it. You get Hutchison being this super stud at Michigan, yeah. helping them transform it. Then they win the title he, when he leaves. As he's helping your fucking it's, Lions, it's all great... it's all a great narrative until San Francisco beats them by thirty-five. So no, I honestly I know I know that's potential, uh, but I don't. They've care already just because... like the twenty ten Rangers. They've already gotten past the point where it really matters. So, but here, here's the thing: if 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 Longhorns won the the title if, because of what the Rangers have done, all the Cowboys had to do was get to the NFC title game, right? And it would have been a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So they like I wasn't even dreaming big, Patrick. That's the sad part of it is I wanted to be the team that got their ass beat at the champion. I'm envious of the Detroit Lions potentially no. getting their ass beat. I've seen <laughs> it happen a few times. It's really not worth it. Let me tell you. <laughs> potentially getting their ass beat. Yeah, potentially getting their ass beat. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just I've, kidding I've because seen... it is. It does make me sad. What? I've seen, I've seen, I mean, I've only seen my Eagles lose one in the championship game. Oh, uh, that one's still kind of hurt well, because that that's was. True. Such I have easy... never seen the Cowboys lose a, a, a championship game. So you guys are right. Glass half full. Yeah, you don't have to experience the the, the pain <laughs> of the, losing the game before the game or, or the, game. the game itself. The game. I'll tell you or that. That's not fun. <laughs> huh? I'll tell you uh, something. I feel like, like you've that is definitely such an seen feeling. the Eagles lose like four NFC championship games, right? Didn't y'all go to yeah, like were, five in a row? There was no, like four they, in a row, right? They won. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. They they did lose those. I was like, I, it was, I was like, like there's no the way they division. made the Super Bowl that many times. I'd remember that. It was all the same division. No, they did it right, right. Yeah, you're right. They went to like four straight. They only they wanted to know they wanted to know four and seventeen. You've seen them they win won. twice. No, they beat Atlanta. They, it was New Orleans, twice. Tampa. Yeah. I've seen them win twice, three times. Right. Twice. Oh four and seventeen. I saw. I saw them. Oh, and last year, you're right, four or three, I yeah. I forgot about yeah, last three. year. Yeah. So I've seen them win three, and then I've seen them lose every other one. So that was two thousand. At least three more, right? Two thousand two, <laughs> two thousand three. Yeah, I was gonna say that's where because it was a whole. And then they lost two thousand eight. Panthers, uh, Saints. Yeah, Bucks. so they lost four. And then they beat the Falcons to go to. No, they didn't lose, to they, lose they, the Patriots. No, right? no, it wasn't the Saints. It was the. Uh, they lost to the Rams. They lost to the Panthers. The Bucks. 
Then they finally yeah, they beat, beat the Falcons, Falcons. Uh, in the next, to go in 2004. Then they lose to the Cardinals in 2008. Cardinals. Uh, and yeah, and, did they was, lose? and then by then it was yeah. over for McNabb, for McScab. Yeah, yeah that was done. History. Yeah, pre, the, the next year was McNabb. the guitar at AT&T, the, the little air guitar. He's slapping the windows. He's like, oh, we're cooked. We're so cooked. And it happened. Oh, what a way. Right. What a well, way for him to go out. The future right. of the Well, Tampa let's talk Bay about the Lions. Where are we at? The tip, tip. Okay, no. Well, the t- the future of Tampa Bay is they're pretty much stuck in the middle. Yeah, replace, you know, replace Baker because you got him for two years or else it's him. over. They're not going to replace him this year. At least yeah, they might. Draft the kid. You, yeah, yeah draft like, the kid it, but he won't play this year. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because that's yeah, what Baker. Whoever great. they draft. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see who they draft. Band-Aid I don't. Baker. I don't see like a prospect that's worth getting for them, like in, to develop in day two, day three. But uh, second round hell, draft, even pick, a first uh, round pick. I, I I can always just trade them Trey Lance for a second round draft pick, so that's really fixable. Hey yeah, man, some uh, other that team might actually work. You that. never yeah. know. Um, yeah, but that's little, such, like that's an agent, David for uh, Trey Lance. Receiving court. <laughs> you got that deal. Uh, you want 34-year-old Vita Vea, Vita Vea for Trey Lance? Is, are these deals possible? <laughs> Look that up. Oh, <laughs> man. I would give a second-round pick for, for Vita Vea. I, yeah, I would. I would I would definitely tra- trade a day-two pick for Vita Vea right now. Um, if I was any team. No. But uh, yes, anyway. Trey Lance let's, is a day-two uh, pick. I agree. He's the equivalent of a day-two pick. So we'll trade him for you mean? I mean, he was the trade up. To, pick. You mean to trade up to get him in the first round? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fact that the 49ers got away with that is pissing me off. Uh, either way, let's let's talk about the last game of divisional, uh, the divisional round because we can talk about the Lions' future whenever their season is done. Chiefs uh, at Bills, they did it again. Ooh. They they put on another great game. I didn't expect it to be a great game. I really thought I was finally going to see the fall of Patrick Mahomes, uh, at least when it comes to being in the championship game. But no, Josh Allen, that that Bills defense, they had another thing in store for us. Now, I'm not going to put it all on Allen. I mean, he had some beauties of throws that just did not connect, especially that one to Diggs that just went right through his hands. Diggs, this was not a good look for Diggs this game. This was this was a bad Diggs game. What'd you say? What's uh? What's, I got what's a job, job for Stephon Diggs. Well, you think he's gonna be better than? Cook? No, I just I just think it's natural that he's just a, a cowboy at this point. I just I'm just I'm telling you what's gonna happen. They're gonna sign. They're gonna trade for him. And just so they can. Just they can put him and Trayvon and Aiden in commercials together. Basically, correct. Correct. You get it now. The uh, well, we'll see. But uh, yeah, man, that you know, it, it's hard to, to describe this game. And like, it feels for me like the Bills, like their window is shut after this. Like for this cycle, if you remember, what I said the cycle in and out of contention. Like they don't have a legit number two wide receiver. They don't have a young guy waiting in the wings to take over Stephon Diggs. Yeah, and Stephon Diggs is like he's he's been cooked since what week five, week six. Like he's just falling off a cliff real hard. Hey, Michael they, Gallup could they save try the to make. 
I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. This, fucking, this monorail salesman no. over here. <laughs> no way. Somebody this buy man. my shit. He's trying really get this off my hands but yeah like their best like edge rusher von miller what is he 35 now he's gonna be yeah he'll be 35 when the start all right well but will he be a free man uh, next season i know he'll be a free agent i I don't know to either one where you're going did he not just get a fucking did he not just have a fucking charge yeah but not one that he's actually gonna go to jail for oh okay i didn't know i didn't know he already got the old josh giddy treatment well it doesn't i mean he didn't chop someone's head off and even then you probably aren't going to jail so I just didn't follow uh, up. I yeah, saw that he was still playing well, football. Maybe you can ch- sorry, you can chop someone's head off as long as 10 years later you don't steal back one of your trophies <laughs> from a hotel room or something like that. Then you go to jail. Yeah, yeah. but if you get out of jail, you can yeah, start yeah. doing sports. Unless you can be on Twitter. Yeah, you can be on Twitter <laughs> all you want. Oh, man. We, Can't I don't go back think to California, but I can be on weird... Twitter. <laughs> The the weird presence that OJ has on <clears throat> on the internet is insane. And it's just it's, oh my god. Uh anyway, you know, he you know, talking about OJ is talking about the Bills since he was a Buffalo Bill. Uh so let's get back to talking about the Buffalo Bills who are currently present. Yeah, this team, man, I just want to know what went through Sean McDermott's head on that fake punt. Because that was one of the worst fake punts I've ever seen. That was and their, this guy uh... was Jesus. He's like, I'll hey man, he looked at Lamar Hamilton. They're just gonna come back to this and like we're laughing. They don't know why we're laughing. Uh you don't need to know either. Listen, uh Damar Hamlin. I, I think Sean McDermott looked at him. He's like, Do you want your Disney Channel original mo- movie moment? Because this could be it for you, kid. This could be your remember the, the Titan scene. And Damar Hamlin's like, like are you sure you want to give me the ball? He's like, you of know, all the people on this team, you know, it'd be great want... for the camera is if you go in motion four times before we snap the ball. This that was the most. You guys aren't even. I've got some great. You're Pro missing forward. a great detail in there, but I'll get to it when I when I have my 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 spiel on this on this ball. No, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm almost done with this one because it's just. I look at this Bills team and like this was it. I think this was the window. It's shut now. Like you've seen what Sean McDermott can do for you. Uh, you've had him for enough time. You've seen what the pairing of him and Josh Allen looks like. You don't like that contract of, of Josh Allen. That cap hit is about to be astronomical this season or this offseason. It's going to limit what you can do in free agency. And I don't think you have enough like resources in the draft to just build around him. So you're going to, you're going to write the struggle bus for at least two, three seasons. Team run it. Back. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. What you, Everybody's doing. I don't know it. if you run it back because this team's old. This team is not like explosive outside of the occasional, every fourth Gabe Gabe Davis uh, game that he's good to give you. Like this is not a, envious spot to be in and i don't know what the future holds for the buffalo bills but right now i can tell you this they might win the division again next season 
But whoever wins the AFC East in 2024, that's the four seed. That is the fourth seed, and that is not a good-looking team that you should have any faith in. Uh, so, sorry, Bills Mafia. You, you went out, and this is a heart. This is another heartbreaker for them. Uh, like you finally had Mahomes in your stadium in the playoffs, and it didn't matter because he was just the better guy again. How the first ever fucking playoff away game for Mahomes, right? Or was that the last week? No, that was this week. Yeah. Yeah, that was no, no, that was uh, a yeah, that was last this week. Yeah, that was this, this week. Yeah, this was his first. Just yeah, incredible. His first road playoff game. Patrick Mahomes. It's in crazy. It's just crazy, yeah. dude. First road game or first road win? First road, first road win. playoff game. Game period. No, that's his wow. first road playoff game. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. He's never had to play outside of Arrowhead. Well, now he gets to do it back to back weeks. Bills fans, just you know, never forget how good. Yeah, it no, is. that's 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 what I. <laughs> no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Billiards, brother. Or. <laughs> Look. Uh, keep that in, please. That one, that, that, one, that, one will, that one will be in there. The other one will just be one long bleeped out. <laughs> Look, the the thing oh, that we man, need to talk good. about about the Buffalo Billiards. Let's let, let let me say one thing. What Kansas City is right now is terrifying, and I don't want to downgrade that. But we will get to that in a moment. I just want to talk about what the what. One thing here that drives me crazy, that it just blows my mind, because we talk about the Dallas Cowboys a lot, some of us more than others, admittedly. But my God, what the fuck is Buffalo Bills history? And I'm not sitting here from a grand place. I'm literally in amazement. I am. Yeah, I get it. The Viking stuff is tough. It's. But I mean, they're they're very not much better. No, I'm saying it's just it's very similar. I mean, they got four yeah. in a row Super Bowl wise, which is rough, but they're very similar histories. All of time. Just, uh, being pretty successful, That's an time. being pretty successful, and then just fucking it up. That's that's, that's like, like the, the greatest dynasty that never was. Yeah, that's basically like Jordan Bulls losing every year, potentially. Well, you know what I mean? they really were was yeah, like the Jazz of that era, which is well, their well, their conference sucked, and the other yeah. conference had all the good talent. Exactly, exactly, and. And honestly, um, but here, I just wanted to talk about the Bills history from just one game, right? So let's talk about it from just one experience, one game of experience. I'm going to run it down this way because, again, I want to feel sorry for myself. I want to get mad at Jerry. But in reality of what the NFL is and what the fandoms all have to deal with, there's some pretty wild versions of fandom out here. And the Bills fans learned a very hard lesson. So let's start this game by mentioning that the kicker almost shanked the first field goal attempt of the game to get this whole thing started off. Almost oh, did it. Okay. I think he doinked it into the into the uh, net, right? Let's also remember that there was one total punt in the game prior to DeMar Hamlin's fake uh, punt attempt, which clearly is not a great thing for a team trying to perform a fake when literally you just haven't even seen the formation <laughs> that much in one game to even potentially fake anyone off of it. But then you don't worry that you and the, the Chiefs trade your oopsies, right? You have a little bit of a fuck up, then uh, the Chiefs go and they fumble into the end zone. You're good. But then Josh Allen doesn't get to, doesn't capitalize. 
Chiefs get the ball back with seven minutes left to control. Oh, wait, never mind. A, a, Chiefs are going to get a PI call. You're going to get screwed, right? No, you hold up. The Bills are still in position to win a game, to win the biggest game, to knock off their rival. It's over. The whole thing is so close. And then you convert a fourth down after Josh Allen almost fumbles the game away on that next drive. Let's not forget. I think if you guys have remember, there was a he's trying to go for a um, he's trying to convert on a like third and long, I think, and he ends up fumbling the ball forward, and then it gets kicked around before a Bills player actually gets it. And they they keep possession. Then you're third and nine. You're in field goal position. It's not easy money position for the field goal range, but you're in field goal range. Josh Allen launches the ball clear out of the end zone, basically, as he's trying to get away from the pass rush. And I'm, I know that sometimes looking at the tape as a casual can be detrimental, but I think I'm safe to say that he probably could have checked down to his tight end, who was standing about five yards in front of him, and just in front of the uh, – just in front of the first down, so it wouldn't have been a first down, but it would have been a closer field goal, and the worst comes to worst, he would have been immediately contacted and or the pass would have been broken up. The DB or whoever was covering didn't look like they had enough time to actually have gotten to a Josh Allen rifle. So on the most, you know, on the play that you could have sealed the game, you just throw it out. So you give him a 44-yarder, and boom, wide fucking right, 2.0. Tyler's version is, as the memes did say. And, uh, and the crazy part is even that kick, even that kick was like a kick in the nuts to the Bills fans because that thing came off his foot looking right. good as hell and almost immediately, like divinity had spoken. Like divinity had come down itself and been like, oh, praise Allah, praise well, Allah my ass. It obviously didn't help. Ball that, uh, other direction. Nance- Mance gives it the Swipe. exact copycat uh, wide right Swipe. call. Patrick, from... you muted yourself somehow. Uh oh. Oh. Yeah, you are. You are. You are on the producer side, <laughs> not on the other one. <clears throat> so there we um, go. <laughs> it uh, Nance Nance made it worse, obviously, by doing the copycat wide right call uh, from yep. the classic Bills. Super Bowl miss. Nance is a little bitter right now. It's okay. Oh, well, I mean, and honestly, it's a great call. I, it was a great callback, and I wish Romo hadn't stepped all over it. But well, Romo's cash and checks. I was it's also okay. going to say that the the thing the takeaway for me from that game is that we saw the stupidest rule in football enacted again, where someone fumbled on the half yard line and ha- they have to give the ball up to the other team. Um, I hate that rule. Chiefs still ended up winning, but yeah, but it didn't really. It's so dumb. That's yeah, such a like, dumb rule. Really matter at the end. <laughs> it's a goofy rule, but I don't know how to. Fix I would rather. It. I, I would rather I you. I would rather your team have to take the ball all the way back to the other, like to the normal touchback line, back to the twenty or twenty-five or whatever, but you yeah. still get to retain it. Yeah. I mean, Although I, then people yeah. would be intentionally doing it to run out clock, whatever. But <laughs> yeah. well, maybe that adds a layer. It's, just, it's a weird. It's that. a weird rule. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's... Oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't blame you on that one. Oh. Um, no, 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 that, that, that's all I am. I'm just looking at some notes real quick. Yeah, so pretty much the billiards, uh, yeah, one of the toughest losses in billiards history. You have to retool this thing, allegedly, but again, 
So do the Eagles. So do the Cowboys. So do whoever, right? So what what really is the decision to make going into this offseason that's actually doable, or are they just inevitably going to run this team back to whatever extent? I mean, if they run it back, like you just you know what this team is when you run if you run it back so the same. Other teams. Not, I mean, they're a team that can option. <laughs> They're a two seed in the AFC. Okay, but not it's the tough, other. It's tough to argue against like, that. On that, on that note. Here's, yeah, here, yeah. Here's the thing, like the other, like when you, when you mentioned the Eagles, that roster, at least like you've seen it in a Super Bowl. You've never seen this Buffalo Bills team in the championship game, at the least. Like it's been divisional round. I think they went to one championship game. Yeah. Uh, right. Correct me if yeah, I'm wrong. Like been 2019. Yeah, that was, 2019. Uh, I think it was more recent because I think that was yeah, they, the game with the. Why they changed the overtime rules, right? Yes, yes. That would have been. 21 I think that was the divisional round. Was Ooh, yeah, that might have been that game. Uh, okay. I think, they, I think he did lose to Mahomey though in an AFC Championship game, right? Once. Once. It has to be. I'm, in, I'm looking up their their playoff history. So let's see. Uh, wild card. Cincinnati, yeah, 2020. They were in the conference championship. Okay. But that one, that game wasn't even close. That one was 38-24. Yeah, that's the farthest they've gone. Uh, if I'm looking at that right. Well, that's not that bad. And yeah, it's, Bill, so, it's Buffalo. So, I mean, I know that they have a standard to some extent, but what is it? Is it, you know, well, is mean, it really that big a deal to fire this coach? There's and, not a standard in Buffalo. They were good in the 90s, and they've been terrible until Josh Allen got there. Yeah, so I think I think that it's probably fair to say they'll be patient. They have a lot of reason to be patient, even if they shouldn't be, even if like what we talked about with the Milwaukee Bucks was the right way to handle coaching. There's just teams that don't seem to be into that kind of theory. And, and it's also like yeah, just a way them. different sport and all that for, for what yeah, coaching, obviously for what coaching there's is. Vast differences there. But at the same time, the, the decision making uh, process is similar. And ultimately, I don't think in the NFL you're going to see guys doing going too crazy here, but. There's still some big candidates on the market, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Ultimately, we know what the Buffalo Bills' future needs, right? But are any of their players' moms yeah. tweeting about how they should get rid of their quarterback? <laughs> uh, only, only if they're I don't into believe the brand. So. Only if they're into the brand. They need to build the indoor arena. Sorry, these, the are, these are free shots. Here's I shouldn't be taking them. Here's the thing. They need the indoor arena, but don't fuck up. Keep the dildo throwing. I I want Jerry to create a uh, a weather machine so he can have it indoors, but also just be like, "Yeah, it's gonna be rainy today in here." <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Blizzard like in August. Oh, like NFL a- NFL kickoff weekend, and it's a blizzard in September in Arlington. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll pay for that. Uh, Home field advantage. Let them do whatever they want. Come on. At some point, I think he's going to need to start putting out little trampolines and stuff for the kiddos, start making it a more family-focused fun experience. I don't know what goes around on the concourses. Do they not have like what the Rangers used to have with all the kids? Oh, no, I mean, kids on play. the field. No, he's going to need oh. to put that there so that we have something else to enjoy. <laughs> That's right. Oh, okay. All right, well. Do we have anything else to say about divisional divisional round weekend, fellas, before we go into this little tidbit of who just got hired? No, I don't think so, other than that's that's pretty much the best weekend of football all year, and it's too bad it's over. Yeah, good weekend. 
It's it's perfectly yeah, paced. Well, it, great games, obviously, because it's good teams left. I loved it. Beautiful. Hard nose football. Hard nose football. Yes, sir. Now, before we go on to the championship previews, gentlemen, a big move that's shaking the world of football has just transpired. Uh, a little bit like, what, two hours prior to us getting to this spot in the recording? But that is Jim Harbaugh, national championship winning head coach for the Michigan Wolverines, is going back to the NFL, joining the Los Angeles Chargers on a five-year deal. This is a this is a pretty big move because it does, like you mentioned it uh, in the pre-production of this, uh, Patrick, or yeah, or Becky, one of you two, I already forgot. But uh, this changes the landscape of college football and the NFL. Because uh, now there's a big vacant hole at one of the most premier schools in the country, and now you get one field, of these field, big alluring. I think I think I think the What's interim up? I think the interim that went viral for crying uh, while he was uh, suspended. I think he's the I think they named him uh, coach already. I'll check. Oh, did they? Okay, that's yeah. Let's let's uh, let's get a look at that. But um. And who knows how long he'll hold that job because I, I expect there to be some sort of freaking uh, sanctions placed on the program. Uh, as the conference expands, as the, all the conferences expand into the new thing, as the playoffs expand. So college football really going into a new chapter almost altogether going into next season. Uh, it doesn't yeah. look like anyone's yeah. actually officially the coach, but there is a report saying that the Michigan job must be posted for a minimum of seven days due to state law, so we won't actually get an official uh, word for another week. Uh, but uh, okay. Sharon Moore is yeah. the favorite to replace Harbaugh. Makes sense. Yeah, and that guy has a has a hell of a project in, in front of him. Uh, shit, you're you're losing so many of your star players. Uh, but yeah, that that means that Harbaugh is now the Los Angeles Chargers head coach. And hopefully for Chargers fans, he is able to right whatever wrongs the that the Spanos family has brought on to that uh, Chargers franchise, this cursed snake bitten franchise. And who knows what this round looks for 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 Harbaugh? Like, let, let's be real, he's been successful everywhere he's been. Uh, almost as soon as he got to the NFL, he started winning. You know, he started his career at San, the University of San Diego, a non scholarship program. Well, I looked into it. He was a winner there. Goes to Stanford, turns a really shit program, turns them around, leads them in a great position for David Shaw and Andrew Luck to take the reins into, I believe, at BCS uh, bowl appearance. While he goes and then turns a dead San Francisco 49ers franchise into a Super Bowl contender in no time flat, and then keeps the keeps them relevant, keeps them competitive until eventually he wore out his welcome. And I believe 2018, no, 2016, I believe is when he wore out his welcome. He left the Niners in uh, 14. And, okay, in 2014. And then, the, yeah, after that, it was, I believe it was the Chip Kelly, the Chip Kelly years for San Francisco 49ers. Uh, but, yeah, this guy, he's just been a winner everywhere. And now he, I don't know what he brings from a X's and O standpoint, but it's clear that this guy – is a he is your ideal CEO coach. He's very similar to his brother. He's what 
I think people wanted uh, the Jones family specifically wanted the Clapper to be right. Like you don't want him having his hands on the offense or the defense, but you want him to build a culture and you want him to make the right decisions in tight game situations. And he's done that. He's done it. He's won. And now we get to see what uh, what happens for uh, Justin Herbert. Fellas, I don't know if you guys have any uh, opinions, any thoughts on this hire, uh, other than it's just the most notable hire that could have happened today, other than, say, no. Belichick getting hired. No, I mean, good luck. I, I called this, though. I think that was my only thing is I, I knew this man was about to win his title, take his sanctions potentially, or not even worry about the sanctions because he's gone. Magic Johnson, I'm not going to be here. Yep. Being. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, I respect. I can't. I can't have any hate on that. I just wish he would have been my coach. Actually, yeah, no, it's it's crazy to think, and it's it's one of those things you always want to see someone do is to like fucking keep trying the next challenge. Uh, he very easily and understandably could have just sat at Michigan for another, you know, five ten years, um, but he wanted more, and that's that's interesting and that's cool. And uh, I got no problem with the Chargers, so I have no problem if he turns things around there. Yeah, and hopefully you can make that an actual competitive division instead of just, a, oh, this is going to be a tough division, and then they, it never turns out. I mean, it's nice. Back. I mean, yeah, you have to deal uh, with the Chiefs, but then you also get the Raiders and the Broncos. So, Yeah, but yeah. we don't know. Okay, the Broncos, you just never know what's going to happen there. And then the Raiders, like, I like the Antonio Pierce hire. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they played hard for him. They love that guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling uh, them, they threw I'm their calling them and the play. Broncos a joke, so. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, but the the Raiders, I believe, went to the playoffs the year before, and then they were pretty close to this going this year. So it's a team that at least gives you some sort of a headache as a divisional opponent when they're not absolutely a tire fire every other year. Yeah. And in their defense, the Henry Rugg pick was the right pick from a football standpoint. Just you couldn't have predicted that, that guy was going to ruin his whole career like that oh yeah and then let's well, let's not forget about the john gruden both of those guys together yeah. were pretty that definitely set that whole franchise back to where they're just now sort of gonna be able to repair that correctly yeah and and that's because they're uh max crossby didn't give him a choice i don't know if you saw that but he was like hey yeah. if they don't bring back my boy i'm demanding a trade i'm like that's what i want to see is more star players throw their weight around for guys and that's that why he would have been traded if he was a cowboy, because you can't speak about the establishment. Oh man, I could never see Max Crosby be a cowboy. Look at him. That man is. Oh no. Oh definitely. He's from. He's from DFW, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I is. think so. Yeah, he Denison is. Denison or something. We're, we're... If he would have been, um, if he would have been any use of uh, payment, I actually used to know that dude. And, and I'm not going to say. Oh, uh, maybe Carville Heritage, yeah. Colleyville, yeah, Colleyville. Um, you know that uh, you know that's uh, he's good friends with uh, that Nick kid that was Payman's little for a bit. Do you remember I did that not kid? Know that actually. What was like, Nick's I name? Don't, I, I think that was. He was a pretty boy who was an entrepreneur. No idea. This was after I probably had moved out of Denton. Uh, Post, uh, post UNT. There, there, there's, there's, needless to say, some of the Mac Crosby stuff has not been that shocking. He's so, named Max because he was born at 11 pounds, 9 ounces. <laughs> okay. Love that. All right, nice. 
Respect Max. Uh, either way, he's a hell of a football Big player, and, and I wish he was a Cowboy, but no, you're not allowed to have opinions and play for the Cowboys. You, you do as you're told. Yeah, that's why they can't it, have... It know, depends. Unless you, unless you snort cocaine with the owner. <laughs> then you can do whatever, but then you just make yourself look crazy and no one believes you no matter what you say. <gasps> Jeez. Uh, what you were going to say, Patrick? I don't know. I felt like you were uh, about to take the mic and say something. I was going to ask before, right, Jim Harbaugh, we, before yeah. we head into... Oh, are we still on Harbaugh? Are we? Right, no, uh, we can we can move on. <laughs> I was gonna say before we head into the conference championship games, did you guys want to run run through? We're at about two hours right now, or do you guys want to take a break before we hit the previews? You just want to try yeah, and power no. through the rest? Well, no, they're not gonna take that long, right? Cool. We can whatever you. Yeah, I just yeah, want to give you give yeah, you all the we're, option. We're, we're previewing two games. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're previewing two games, and we're at the finish line. Why not? Yeah. All right. So, guys, I will I will offer this. Do we want to go in sequential order of the games? Or do we want to go by the games that we would like to talk about first? Like well, there's the, only just, two, so might as well do sequential. Think cooler, <laughs> the cooler matchup. Yeah, just go with sequential. Go to <laughs> all right, all right. One more. Let's go. First game of the day, the 2 o'clock central time game. 2 o'clock. Wow, that's weird. Um, yeah, it is. Chiefs at Ravens, man. This is, this is the game. All right. Patrick, I'm sad. I know I gave this video to you real late. Probably couldn't make the the uh, cutting room floor of the uh, the video intro. Might make some kind of transition. We'll you see. You saw it. It's, it's on the Discord. All right, and it is. There's. I think it's Pat Mahomes' wife talking shit, and then it cuts to this great patriotic take of Lamar Jackson coming out to Hulk Hogan's theme, which is really ironic. Well, yeah. if you know anything about Hulk Hogan, coming to his theme song, Real American, because that's our last hope that we don't have to see Mahomes and Taylor Swift and that entire shit show uh, of like it's all of these just like circus clowns that aren't even on the team. He's goddamn it, Patrick. I can hear it. Where, where uh, did this top no, 10? We don't have to see this anymore. We can finally see. I have no idea. Maybe it's like a sports center top ten, a top ten of all time. Uh, yeah, I don't which, know. you know what? I'll I'll go to bat and say it one day. I'll 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 say Lamar Jackson if he wins the Super Bowl, you can put him in a top ten category, top ten debate. He may not have the traditional numbers, but the eye test proves everything that you need to see for that debate. But anyway, let's get back into this. He's our lasso, right? Especially if the 49ers and Lions game goes chalk and it goes Niners, Lamar Jackson and these Ravens are the last chance that we get to actually have a fun, worthwhile, not just quarterback, but team to root for, uh, unless it's Detroit and Baltimore, in which case it's like, hey, you have a lot of great narratives and a fun, like, fun personalities all over the place. But for the sake of this game, this one right here, Chiefs, Ravens, let's get into it. All right. You look across the board, right? You look at the offenses of both teams. They could not be any more different. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, stylistically couldn't be more different quarterbacks. However, there is one thing that they both have in common as as players, right? And this is and this is just going to drive defenses nuts. You just can't seem to catch him for whatever reason, right? Patrick Mahomes, you ever see him get chased down? It just looks like he's just one percentage faster 
than the defender chasing him. And he gets all these annoying first down runs. And he just does it in the least athletic way you've ever seen a guy run. He just he just runs like he has a backpack on. Uh, and it just doesn't matter. Then Lamar Jackson, you see him. He is what I think a lot of people wish Michael Vick would have become. Uh, or And maybe became for one season in Philadelphia. Which is like this dual threat who can beat you with his arm and his legs. and But he does it in such a natural way. You look at Lamar Jackson. He has developed so well from within the pocket. He doesn't have to run anymore if he doesn't want to, right? Now his legs are an absolute just, I don't even know what you want to call it. Uh, they're more than just another weapon to him, right? It's just something that at first I think a lot of defenses were like, this is what we have to take into account. His arm is secondary. Now it's all in all the same thing. It's his arm, his legs, they're both at the same level of dangerous uh, for defensive coordinators. So now, as a defensive coordinator, you look at Spags. He's a blitz-happy guy. Do you want to send in that extra rusher? Do you want to send in this extra rusher and potentially leave him one-on-one with Lamar Jackson? Who can now has shown he's operating at a different level, both passing and running. Do you want to do that? Do you want to handicap your defense? It's pick your poison with this Ravens team. They got in Todd Munkin. He's installed actual NFL concepts, uh, passing concepts, rather, that they just did not have under Greg Roman. That was the Achilles heel, is whenever they had to go back and throw, they were simple route concepts. There was just not a lot going on downfield for Lamar Jackson to take advantage. And this year was Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Rashad Bateman. You have Isaiah Likely, who stepped in for uh, Mark Andrews, who might come back for this game, I think. Yeah, I think so. He has so much more to work with than he's ever had. And now you look on the opposite side with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. He has less weapons than he has ever had his entire pro career. And yet they're still in the spot because he is that guy. Yeah, but Kadarius right. Tony is so not playing. As long as those guys so aren't the dropping Chiefs, the ball, he's Chiefs going to get like him. A point and a half. Yeah, and you have to remember, this team is a grinder now. Kansas yeah. City built a grinder-ass football team. Yeah. And now they have – because they know they have the quarterback that can squeeze the most out of their little bitty bullshit offense. They've also got Taylor Swift in their suite. <clears throat> yeah, that helps with the flags because right, the NFL ratings, obviously, you know, we need her in Vegas. But here's the thing. You say they, they build a grinder. Baltimore hasn't lost that identity as a grinder on offense. They can run the ball just as well. And not no, just I'm, that, that I'm, defense – Absolutely, it's built for the occasion, and I yeah, think that's I, what makes this matchup. Fun. I said this earlier. I think Baltimore, as right now, clearly looks like the most complete team in football, like without question. It's not to say they couldn't <laughs> lose this one game because that's how football works, but and, on chalk, they should beat everyone in the NFL seven out of yes. ten times at least. And they are having the most pressure they've ever had. I think this is the first. Time. I don't know. I think they might have less pressure now they've gotten through that second round hurdle. I think that but was where the is, pressure was for hosting, those guys. You're hosting yeah. this this conference game, right? Didn't I hear something about Baltimore didn't even make it? Or Baltimore hasn't hosted this in a while. Either. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like with Lamar, they they can't. They haven't made it to a conference. They, they, they haven't been to a conference game since they won. No, every time they well, the last uh, two times or the the not since they won the Super Bowl in a one. I think. Oh, oh. No, no, right. they've never hosted. So the Baltimore Ravens as a franchise have never hosted an AFC title game. They've always been on the road. 
And when Baltimore, the city of Baltimore, had a football team, the Baltimore Colts, that was the last time, I believe, in uh, 1952, yeah, that, that was the last time they held a championship game. So okay. it's been significantly <clears throat> long time. And, hey, I don't know if you guys have, have heard, but the Kansas City Chiefs already got two of them things. Looking for, looking for that third. So it's just one of those things where pressure is inevitable. You know what I mean? Like uh, Baltimore, I, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. In every way, they should be the dominant team here. But if the reality is, is I don't think that the pressure is going to be on Kansas City nearly as much. I don't know, man. I think Mahomes feels feels the compounded fr- pressure of trying to exceed what, what he's already done. But what I mean, but he's still got a whole career of it, you know. He just played his first uh playoff road game, you know what I mean? Like, and he's yeah, already got yeah, some that's, rings. That's not how the athlete brain works, though. Yeah, you know, he's what well, he's he's already gone to three Super Bowls and one, two, right? Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, you know how it goes. Those with these guys, they're at yeah, this level because they're constantly putting more and more on themselves. He's I'd well on his way to that he's he well on his pressure. way to, to keeping up pace with Brady's record or with Brady as the goat. He's well on pace. And I mean, this year, this year would definitely put that conversation in a very interesting place moving forward. To go and take it from Josh Allen in Buffalo, to take it from Lamar, and then maybe go beat this, you know, super team, super defense in San Francisco. Like I said, they they could, but I think seven out of 10 times this Ravens team beats everybody else. They should. They should. They should. But pressure makes diamonds. So are they going to be a diamond or are they going to be poop? And I think this is the this is definitely the the biggest game without a doubt of Lamar Jackson's career, and the pressure's never been higher on him. There's a lot of narratives, yeah. a lot of like I, the, the narratives around Lamar Jackson. I think have always been really nasty, really gross. You know, especially when he first came in. Even that just whole, archaic. Hey, he should be a receiver. You know he should I mean? be a running back. Archaic. They're archaic. Cute. They're gross. Yeah. And they're still kind of there in with some people, not with everybody. I think a lot of people who know ball know that like this guy is the truth. He's legit. Now, I think there are legitimate questions about his lack of playoff success, right? And this game can turn everything around, right? Just getting to a Super Bowl is enough to kind of change the narrative around a player briefly, right? As, now, if he wins, his, his legacy is cemented, um, regardless of what happens after this. Uh, in terms of his playing career. And with Mahomes, he doesn't he just doesn't have that pressure on him, that same pressure. It might be the pressure of like, can we keep this dynasty going? And that's something very few quarterbacks have ever had to deal with and have ever had to come across. Uh but I just don't know that, that uh that's gonna take into effect in this game. I think both coaches are gonna keep their players absolutely level headed. Because you have two Super Bowl winning coaches on both on both sides, right? They've been here before. Andy Reid more times than John than John Harbaugh. Yeah, John Harbaugh. But John Harbaugh is no slouch. You know, he knows what it takes to win. He's been here before. So I think you're gonna get the best possible game out of both teams. This is this might be an ugly game, I think. Uh if we're gonna be honest, because I think both teams are defensive centric than more than they are offensive centric. Grinders. Uh but at the absolute grinders but i think whoever has the ball i hate the cliche but like whoever has the ball loves is probably going to win the game i think this is going to be the case i think because especially you have one of the best 
kickers in NFL history on one side of the football. The best. Or one on the other side on the other sideline. Well, you know, he's uh you know, he's uh he's he's missed a couple kicks, you know, is that percentage going down a little bit? But yes, probably the most clutch kicker uh since Adam Vinatieri though. You have weapons everywhere on both sides of the, on both sides of the field for both teams, but I think at the end of the day it's going to come down to, to who has the best kicker and I hate to say that. But I think it's going to come down That's to a game winning field goal. Man. Everybody's going to be crushing diamonds in that. Yeah. People in Baltimore are going to be crushing diamonds, making diamonds from the amount of pressure that's in that stadium. But it we're going to get a hell of a game. Top, and I think whoever wins this game, guys, is the Super Bowl champion. The top two kickers of all time, technically, by percentage going against each other. Nice. Yeah, I mean, honestly, oh, I, I, all, all signs, all data, all everything points to the Ravens winning this. But it's hard. It's really hard for me to get there completely because I just – the specter of Patrick Myhomey – if we're living in his world and the rest of us are just competing for second place, it still lingers in the back of my mind. It's fair. Uh, this is, I mean, this is Lamar's what, first, second, third, fourth. There's only Lamar's fourth trip into the playoffs. Uh, he's hurt last couple of years. Uh, they finally got past the divisional round, which they hadn't done yet. So uh, it's playoff success is always a weird bit. The sample sizes are always going to be small. Um so I don't know that there's a whole lot to actually put into that yet. I don't think his career's his playoff career has been long enough to really say either or. Um, but yeah, I do think the Ravens are playing with house money because everyone expects, even though the Ravens are the one seed and people are going to pick the Ravens, I think everyone still expects the Chiefs to beat them because it's Patrick Mahomes. That's why I feel like the Ravens have the the mental edge there. Yeah, I agree. There you go. Boom. And- now, here's the thing, guys. Baltimore. I will say this. I will say one last one last thing about the Baltimore Ravens. If they win, right, I'm going to need to present a certain image to Patrick to put on this on this episode next week that shows Lamar's success ever since he tweeted the name Johnny when it came to a riddle. I'm going to find this tweet for you, fellas. But every every week since then, people have just been referencing – this riddle, right? And then Lamar solved it. I was like, what's the guy's name? And he just said one word, Johnny. And it just shows how successful he's been since that tweet. Nine and one, one record. Little nuggets 2,848 yards, 16 touchdowns, and 98.9 passer rating. This was as of a month ago. So since there have been a couple, more, a couple more games since then. Jesus. I love it. It's beautiful. This is great. All right, let's move on to the final game of championship weekend. This game, I don't think this game is the game. It, I don't think enough people think this is going to be a close game, and rightfully so. Detroit Lions at San Francisco 49ers. There's a couple things that work against the Lions, right? One, first and foremost, this defense, this defense that they have, this is the type of defense that Shanahan dreams about. They, face it, right? linebackers who you can easily put in a blender a corner uh, their number one corner who cannot handle a number one receiver and it's just a mixed match of parts that don't work well together typically and you're just you're yes they have aiden hutchinson who's been really great the last eight games i believe uh no i believe in the last four games he's had like eight sacks some crazy number uh yeah this is not a great matchup on paper for the Lions on either side of the ball. 
Because especially if you look at Jared Goff, he's playing an outdoor uh, setting on the road. Historically, he's not been good at all in those conditions, outdoor and on the road. And they got uh, some now, granted, this is his, this is yeah. But and here's the thing: granted, this is basically a hometown uh, game for him. He grew up not too far from the from the San Francisco area. He played his his uh, college ball in Berkeley, right there in uh, Northern California. So he's used to this kind of weather, this kind of uh, environment uh, from a playing condition wise. But he's not used to this moment on the road. When the last time he was in this position, I believe it was a home game for the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. The last time they were in an NFC Championship game, uh, when he was with the Rams, but he doesn't have the same group of guys on both sides of the ball. He's going to really have to do a lot of the work to carry this offense. This is a game, it's not too dissimilar from the Packers and, and the 49ers in that you come in as the underdog and you cannot make any mistakes, which Jared Goff is prone to doing. He's made mistakes, crucial back-breaking mistakes at that. Sometimes he gets a little bit too much chip on his chip, and he makes a throw that you're like, why the hell did you attempt that pass? This is not the team that you want to make those kind of mistakes around, right? As much as I would love for to see the San Francisco 49ers just biff it and lose in embarrassing fashion, I know damn well that team is too talented to if you put these teams against each other 10 out of 10 times, I think San Francisco wins eight out of those 10 times. I think in a in a perfect world for Detroit, San Francisco makes a lot of uh self-enforced errors. Uh Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of makes a lot of conservative decisions and continues to mismanage the clock, and that bites him in key situations. And the Detroit Lions win close games, super close games. They're not gonna blow this team out. Some unless something wild happens to their star players and they just drop like flies, I don't see a world where Detroit wins this game. However, I don't think they'll play scared. I think that their head coach, Dan Campbell, is going to have this team ready to run through the goddamn brick wall that surrounds that stadium, or that's made up of the outside of the same, whatever whatever material that, sta- that stadium is made out of, they'll be running through it. But I think at the end of the day, once the adrenaline roars off, once we get into the the like who just has the better team it's it's over for them right i i think this is a game that goes 34 to 21 i think it's gonna be not a not a not a game that we look back in and remember like oh man that was such a great game we're getting think about man what a great moment in lions history that they made it to an nfc championship game good for that that struggling fan base good for that struggling franchise and that's how we'll remember this we're not going to remember this as the Detroit Lions beat down the San Francisco 49ers and made it to a Super Bowl. I, I just don't see a scenario, a lot of scenarios where they pull it off. But that's just me. Yeah, I have to quadruple down on my hateration for the Detroit Lions at this point. I mean, it's not even personal against Detroit. It's just a misery loves company thing, and I don't like to see others have things I can't have, yada, yada, yada. Now, I know that there is – you know, people could say, well, the San Francisco 49ers history, it's okay. They can go lose another Super Bowl. That works for me, too. It's a win-win situation, you know what I mean? I've already got to see the graphic that says now 
The Lions have made it to the conference finals since then. I don't need to see the one where they made it to the Super Bowl since then. You know what I mean? At least spare me one less Fox graphic about how pathetic my team is. Um, and then, yeah, and, and, and taking that joke aside, uh, the reality is as much as Brock Purdy scares me and as much as I feel like he can throw a game away, a perfectly winnable game away still, I think Christian McCaffrey versus that run defense ought to settle this contest pretty much any way you look at it. Yeah. That's just, and you know what? Here's the thing. Detroit Lions, <clears> they <throat> have a good run game. They have, they have a pretty decent run game. And San Francisco, mm-hmm. I think if there's anywhere that they are weak in, it is the run defense. Not that it's a bad run defense by any means, but if there's if you had a point which one is their weakness and which one's their strength, pass defense is the strength, run weakness is the de- is a run defense the weakness. I mean, we saw it with Aaron Jones. Like, if they focus on the run and they they keep the ball off of Purdy's hands, they can make it a game, but they have to play mistake-free football, and I just don't think that this is that team to play that. Um, But here's the thing. I think this is going to be an entertaining game. Uh, I don't think Dan Campbell is capable of having a boring game plan. Uh, This guy loves to go for it. doesn't matter where he is on the field, what the distance is. It's fourth down. He's going to go for it. And in this situation where it's uh, win and go to the big game or go home, we'll, we'll see some entertaining uh, and possibly head-scratching calls. But at the end of the day, I, I think we just, we're just going to see the better team win, and that's going to be San Francisco, as much as it pains me to say that out loud. Uh, Patrick, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, not a ton. I mean, yeah, I think y'all pretty much said most everything. I've <clears throat> I kind of thought about it. Um, San Francisco – uh, we, we've pretty much talked about it from the beginning of the season, begrudgingly so for you, Caesar. But they're kind of the cream of the crop in the NFC, so it's theirs to lose. Uh, obviously, the the status of Debo uh, matters um, a little bit. Uh, they were still able to win without him last week. Uh, you, if you're a fan of that team or a coach of that team, putting game plan together, you really, really like to have Debo with you. Um, that makes things a lot easier. So that makes it a little more challenging for them. But they're just their their depth should should outlast uh should outlast the Lions. Um I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be one of those like 34-24 types, uh something like that. But no. not a not a real blowout, yeah. but like a they're obviously gonna be ahead the whole game kind of thing. Yeah, fair enough. Some points on the yeah. board, but we know the result, unfortunately, probably, most likely. If not, Jerry you know Detroit Lions Super Bowl runs pretty crazy. Yeah, and you know, as as bad as you feel about hearing about those conference championship stats, if you just push it a little bit further to the Super Bowl, where your number is still the same, my number goes way back by a lot further. So, <laughs> I think, it's fair. I think it's, it's fair. been almost it'll be it'll be fifty years <coughs> since we've been in the Super Bowl two years from now. So, yeah, that's fair. There's you know, always there's perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard to have. Always, yeah. Lions yeah, fans there's a, get ready there's to have a lot some worse. perspective starting. Hey, they might get their their Chicago Cub, Kansas City Royals single year. <laughs> Texas Rangers. Yeah, and, and hey, no, we got a few more coming. I'll, that's right. That's, that's, I'll, right. <laughs> that's, that's right. But I, I'll say this though uh, about the Lions. First place. I, I came in here. <laughs> and I bought into the hype. I bought into the preseason hype, and I'm glad that I was right on that. <laughs> Yeah, no, so you that, weren't wrong. I mean, even one if, win that I had. even if preseason, I think you could have made some money just betting on them to win the division or get this far in the playoffs for sure. 
Beautiful. Uh, I don't even know if they getting this far in the playoffs was something that I, I I imagined. I was just like, yo, no, this team might be for real. I don't know what for real meant. I didn't know for real meant an NFC championship trip. Uh, I thought it meant like, oh, you know, you win I, the wild card, you maybe uh, make some noise in the divisional round. I was surprised uh, to learn like, hey, that losing the season. NFL's leading rushing touchdown getter actually didn't hurt their team as bad as I thought it would. So, Oh, uh, that's good. Shamir yeah. Gibbs planned, like, it actually played out well for them. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, so who knew taking a running back in the first round actually – it can pay off in the Listen, short term. It's not it depends a, on where you do it. Not a great long-term goal. Yeah. <laughs> position also, to be. And, it, and it depends on where you do it because the leverage on the contract matters less a little bit when you're in the 20s instead of picking the 10s like yeah. some of these guys I think were. Jameer Gibbs was like yeah. 3 or 13, something pretty high, right? Yeah. It was, was 12. He was 12 overall. Yeah, Ooh, damn. That is, they may not actually quite, have Not quite Adrian Peterson. Good. That might be exactly where Adrian Peterson was, actually. No, he was number two. No, Peter, yeah, Peterson was higher. That was back when that was still a value. Yeah, he was number two overall. Yeah, I'm talking Z, oh, hey, Barkley, I thought, McCaffrey. You know, McCaffrey's obviously I thought, making. Yeah, I thought Adrian Peterson was seventh overall pick. Yeah, it's, I think he it? was top 10. Top 10 for sure, but I don't think he was two. Yep, seventh. You're right. I thought yeah, we were worse we than we were. Yeah. But yeah, this is a oh, and then you know what would offset the the loss of not just um what offset the loss of the uh, their leading touchdown getter. It wasn't just uh wasn't just Jameer Gibbs, but it was also David Montgomery just had a great freaking year. Yeah. Yeah, they put together a pretty solid one and it's not over yeah. yet. Um but they are playing against the odds. They are playing against Yelts, but I think they've been doing that uh, all season for the most part. Uh, and who knows? They they might they could win this game. Uh, we can come back next week and be like, "Shit, we were wrong about the Lions." Um, and I would I will gladly come in here and say I'm wrong about the Lions. Uh, I'll just say I was, but I won't be glad to do so. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense. That's a divisional opponent. You never really want to root does, for your divisional Does that opponent. officially end the curse of Bobby Lane, or do they have to win another championship? Who, who's Bobby Lane? I, I think oh, that, oh, all of a sudden, former, oh, Mr. Mr. Texas Longhorn's not on his shit. No, I don't know much about Bobby Night Lane's football Lane? history. No, no, that wasn't the same guy. Bobby Lane was a quarterback Is for Texas, not? and he put in a – right? I'm pretty sure it says that. Lane, but it's L-A-Y-N-E, right? And he put oh, a curse okay, on the Detroit okay. Lions uh, because thought... they traded him. He was like their good quarterback. He was a stud at Texas. And then... Ah, well, uh, Night Train Lane was a, was a Detroit Lions, so I wasn't totally off. But yes, I was off as well. Bobby Lane. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, see I don't. Him. I don't know much I, I about my World War II era Longhorn football. Sorry, Bethy. I mean, fair so, so enough. You, it looks like he's a name I should know, but yeah. So you don't know anything about Slater Martin either. No, no, I don't. Slater Martin was the only retired <laughs> basketball jersey before Durant. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Bobby Lane's numbers retired. That's that's fun. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Let's just. But yeah, so we'll this, see. that might end the curse. Might end the yeah, curse. This, I think the curse is a. I think the curse is lifted now. Like this is. No. no. This is pretty Cause, high. Like because you can always lose a Super Bowl and then lose everything else the next season. 
Yeah, I, I've experienced that myself. This is a funny, a funny sentence on uh, Bobby Lane's Wikipedia. It's like, Blaine played the rest of the season and led the Longhorns to within one point of the Southwest Conference Championship when they lost to TCU, seven to six. Within <laughs> one point, <laughs> seven to six. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! Oh, that old timey football man. Forties football I'm, sucks. I'm glad I wasn't born for that era of football. The prime—that's really what they say is the best era of football I've heard. If you're not a fan of the forward uh, pass, <laughs> right? Like, oh, what the hell? It's a shotgun formation. Back then, we had the fucking wishbone. Oh no, thank you. All right, that's all I had on this. One. All right, yeah. I, I, otherwise, we're getting into wishbone conversation, and it's uh, yeah. It's we'll, too late. We've already gone too far. We'll do classic football formations in the off season when we do Belichick and Saban reviews. Career exit, career exit <laughs> interviews. Uh, yeah. All right, coaching a Division three college yeah. together for fun in their buddy sitcom for Netflix. <laughs> that should, uh, yeah, <laughs> so that they can be played by Kevin James and Adam Sandler. That'll uh, that'll probably put an end to this week. Unless you guys had any any parting thoughts that you'd like to spit out right now. No. Yeah, part parting thoughts. <laughs> uh, it's been a no. great season. That's it. That's it. No, I'm ready for it to season. be the fuck over. We're, yeah, we're almost we get, at the Super Bowl. We get, we're almost we get, at the end. We get two games this weekend. Then we get our first weekend with zero football for that we've had since like August. And then all I'm of a fucking, sudden, I'm fucking gone. ready for. And us, then, sure. and then Beppy dominates the airtime. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to. Yeah, and then I gotta try to teach you guys. I gotta teach you guys what hockey is. <laughs> I gotta fill you guys in on what seems like a metric fuck ton of events that could happen at any given moment in the NBA. It's there's a no, lot. It's, it's, it never, it never stops. To, we keep grinding. I'm just ready for like my one hour a segment where it's just breaking down these hypothetical middle age men fights. <laughs> I can't wait. That's we, it. That's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been get, prepping for. We do need to start <laughs> setting up the formatics on that because it's like three weeks away. So, yeah. All right, there guys and everybody else, click all uh, the buttons, like us, subscribe us. There'll be some other, I don't know, whatever. Like us, subscribe us, do all your things. Thank you. Good night. Show us some love. Damn it. Deuces. Bye.